Hi, it's Matheus Calera. I'm the co-creator of Black Science and listening to 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> Was workman like? Was it adequate? Working man's dap. That's what it was. Working man's dap. No? Sure. We got a little bit of a hiss this week. Who does? It's it's prevalent, but I may be able to eliminate it with my magic. Magic mic? Yeah. I've never seen that. I don't think I want. Oh to. yeah, there is. There is. It, it's pretty I. funny. It's no. It's it's funny. Um, <laughs> and I'm not. I mean, I, no. I'm saying. Yeah, but it's supposed to be. There are. It, it's it's pretty slick. But it's because um, I'm not the hugest uh, Channing Tatum fan. I've I've come around on him. But it, it's it's pretty funny in spots. Um, I, I I hear like some slight. I hear the hiss too. It's yeah, really, a little bit, a little it's bit. Weird. It's like it's not a hiss; it's just like it's kind of feedback or a constant, right? Like, but it's yeah, a, it's a, a subliminal. It's the window's um, open. Oh, is it? No, no, no. I'm saying it's what it, it's like. It's or like a in fan. the distance. Yes. Right, 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 right. But it ain't no thing. It's it's just ain't adds no thing. Adds to the what you want to do. The re- we should have the eleven o'clock drinking game. Whenever Jason bursts in the song, <laughs> take a drink. We should. <laughs> Whenever Depends, Vince is a douche. Are you man enough to drink it tonight? Or you, no, uh, no, you I, drink a Pepe Mac? I don't have any. I didn't have what? time. I didn't have time. That is some, that is some bullshit. some bullshit. I know. I know. Such is my life. It's like no liquor stores on the way to the fleet market. Yep. <laughs> snap it is snap. Because that's all I do is flea markets. I, well, I would. I, you've got like 20 minutes for a day off. So, yeah, I would imagine that's what you do. It's like, hey, AMC, hire me. I'll be the flea market guy. Is it AMC that has all those shows? No, it's um, that, that, uh, it's Discovery. HGTV? Oh, oh, oh. No. You mean like the. What's American, American Pickers? Pickers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that, isn't that. That's not Hallmark. No. Whatever it's it not, is. But my box did come yesterday, and I was very happy. Well, my gift to you, Alexander O'Neill, was not uh, letting you know when it was coming because I knew mine was going to be here today. Thank so you. I didn't want to tell you it was coming when mine was coming, which means yours would be here a day sooner. So I wanted to keep you in suspense. Yeah. I delete tracking emails, you know. When they That's say, hey, one. they say, hey, thank you for your purchase. You can track your order by clicking this link. Delete. You just don't have to click the link. It's not like if you save the email because you're like, hey, it's been six weeks. I haven't no, got I my do shit. Save the, I and do. now you have an email to reply. I put the emails in a little folder somewhere on my Mac. And I, 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 never, I never look at them again. It's all just bits and bytes. You know, it's a little. I don't know. Hey, everybody. It's that time again. Seems like forever since we last did this. It does. I know. Uh, it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 511. What's the 511, yo? And I am Vince B. <laughs> Woo! You are Vince B. I'm so glad you're here. I've Kitty. missed you so much because it, it feels like 
I've only last heard from you a week ago. I am David A. Price. You did. I know. It's true. And if 007 ever needs a homie in the U.S. of A., he comes to see me because I'm Felix Leiter. What? Nice. Very nice. But you're not. Felix. Could be. Felix Leiter. You wouldn't know. I mean, I wouldn't. I have a cover. Right. You're Jason Wood in the house. Am I, though? Yes. (laughs) Am I really? (laughs) Are any of us Jason Wood? We could be. We hit the lottery. Mm, True. Stop. And you know how you can, (laughs) you know how you can hit the lottery very easily. It's it's simple. What do you do, Dad? You you just. I think you should. uh... Did I just what? What do you do? What do they do to hit the lottery? You fire up the web browser and you get your ass over to discount comic book service. Oh my goodness, that was flawless. That was flawless. I'm gonna hand it over to you. Yes, fire up your internet browsing device, feed it with the uh, URL dcbservice.com, and you will be the winner of the, I just saved a whole mo- lot of money on my comics lottery. A whole mod- a whole, mod- a whole mod- lot of maranana. <laughs> the, uh, you sure you list- don't have the grape? I don't, really? unfortunately. The list of specials has been revealed, dun, 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 dun. and I have selected three. For your perusal from Image Comics. It's called The Beef. Where's the beef? Well, it's at Image Comics. Where's the beef? And it's written by Richard Starkings, a name we know very Get well. Out of town with your bad self, Mr. Yes. Elton Man. Richard Starkings and Tyler Shaneline. And it is illustrated by who? Shika Kane. Shika Kane. Oh, and now I'm interested. And John Rochelle. Why wouldn't you be istri- interested at Richard Starkings? No, I'm saying, but now I'm really interested. And the cover is a can of beef. It's like a can of Spam with the key. You twist. Dinty more beef stew? Like Spam, but it's the beef, and it's illustrated by Shake a Cane. But Spam is spiced ham. Right, but this is not, I I said it's like Spam. So wouldn't it be more like Dinty more? I don't know no Dinty more. That comes in a can. Didn't you just say this is beef in a can? It's beef in a spam can that you use the key to open. Oh. My goodness. Where's the spief? The creator of Elephant Men and the creator of the A-Men joined forces with Tyler Shaneline, who did Liberty Justice, to bring you the story of the Meat Men. Mm-hmm. And you suck. Chuck is a mild-mannered meat factory worker who is a little in love with a strawberry picker named Mary Lynn. But everything changes when Mary Lynn falls victim to the Vodino brothers. Bum, bum, bum. Cover price on this thing is three ninety nine. That's the going rate at Image these days. But, Dap, tell them, because they're really smart, what are they going to get it for? What, what's the retail price? Three ninety nine. Oh, so maybe one forty nine. Oh, I wish. $199, son. Oh, man. Yeah, $199. But you were in the ballpark. I'll give oh, you that. Oh, man. See, Next I thought you were going to percent off. The... Oh, my bad. You said 399 See, oh, I heard man. I heard $299. My bad. All right, that's on me. It's over here with 299 comics. That's <laughs> true. Uh, next up, from Black Mask. It is a story written by Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler. 
Art is by Peter Kowalski. It is called <clears throat> Come Into Me. It is the Peter Frampton of comics. Come Into Me. Uh, the premise of this thing sounds naughty. Intrigues me. Um, when an entrepreneur with a God complex creates a technology that allows two minds to share one body, he doesn't anticipate the degenerative effects of long-term trials. Coming mm. to me is a contemporary comment on connected culture and our longing for approval in the digital age. This is a world where technology and flesh become indistinguishable. Shades of David Cronenberg again, begging the question, how much sharing is too much sharing? Prepare yourself for the insane love child of the fly and eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. I got to get this. Three ninety nine okay. cover price, but no, unfortunately not. Forty five percent off. Two nineteen. Two nineteen. Yeah. Ugh. Next up and last up, but not least up, it is from Aftershock. We talked this book up a lot when it was uh, being serialized but now they scooped it all up and put it under one cover it is written by garth ennis art by the amazing russell braun cover art by dave johnson it is jimmy's bastards trade paperback volume one it's a mature reader's book cover price 14.99 ho 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 not your price you will pay 45 percent eight dollars seven eight dollars 24 cents Ugh. Yes. Take a quarter off, Christina. Come on. DCBService.com. Do not might. Late orders or order additions, and you get your books all shipped all nice and safe and secure to your door by a costumed custodian of the mm-hmm. delivery service. Yes. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking late of orders, yeah. I have a, a living, breathing testament to that. What? I forgot to order the first issue of Pisker's X-Men comic. So did I. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, but wait. Are we... What? My man, you, you, you're getting seen on your old age. You mentioned this last week. I did? You did. I don't remember Look it. Look out of here, really? Yes. I don't remember. Wow, totally. I get the Alzheimer's. Hey. All right. Well, there you go. Dap, uh, Mr. Webb Blanket over here doesn't want me to... DCBS you can praise but... whatever you want. I'm just letting you know. I don't. I, totally I don't forgot. want you to keep going down the hall and be like. Apparently, you know, I already mentioned that I forgot to order it, and they threw it on the order. <laughs> Here's hoping they don't forget. <laughs> oh, oh no, we can get Yeah. But anyway, I, I opened my box, and it was jam packed with goodness. I'm talking festooned with great stuff. I got two volumes of I have. I am a hero. I got a volume of Devil Man. There was three packs of comics in there. Oh, tons of stuff. Nice. And, and previews. And, and previews, yes, which I scooped and took to work with me. Haven't looked at it yet. It's thin this this month. There's not a whole lot. There's a Joe Coleman Which means book. for me it's probably going to be massive. Yeah, well. We seem to run the cross currents there. All of the miniseries that I was currently buying have ended, and now there's a gaping hole in the singles. Titan okay. Comics, uh, Dan Dare's done, the uh, Captain Kronos is done, Fighting American is on an off month because they're soliciting the trade paperback. It's like there's a whole bunch of 
Didn't even know these comics were coming out. Well, then you don't listen to me because I talked about all three. I'm messing with you. Relax, dog. <laughs> he is not. Yeah. Hey, what are we drinking? Well, you kick Let's get off. you out of the way first. Yeah. Um, Pepe Mac. Sorry. Sounds crazy. I know. I'm, we had a I'm the gap. We had a few weeks where it was not. It was hot. A few, a few it was weeks. Super had, hot, man. It was super hot. It oh, will be hot again. Hot fire. Yeah, yeah. Maybe after the season and shit. Can you commit to next week it being hot? Sure. Okay. Can you commit to our patron-centric episode being hot? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, just I may even buy some sake because I've been I've been eyeing it up. They got they got some sake at the the local place while uh, while Hassan's in. Overseas, maybe I'll I'll raid his liquor cabinet and try to find that uh, no. Japanese whiskey. No, you leave Where's that right where going? it was. I believe he's heading out to the UK because he uh, he is. That's where that's where and when he is going to see uh, the next Star Wars movie. Oh, very cool! Nice. Okay, nice. That's excellent. That's next Friday. Uh, well, it's next next Thursday is the official yeah. opening night, but I will be seeing it on Friday, yes. Hmm. Maybe. It'll be nice to see something opening weekend. It's going to be Super Hot Fire. I hope. Oh, it will be. Okay. I'd like to know what Super Hot Fire Jason's drinking. I am drinking... Well, first of all, it was a glorious day. Wow. I must say that. Because tis the season... Fired up about it. Fired up. And my wife texted me and said she hit our favorite wine distributor and stocked up. She got us four cases of wine. That's my girl. Very excited. Very excited. So I had options. I had plenty of options today. So I am drinking. uh, It's it's called Overgal, which is O-V-E-R-G-A-A-U-W. Shepherd's Cottage, and it's a Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot blend from 2015. Ooh. It is a South African wine, mm-hmm. and it is delicious. Hmm. How you like me over, gal? Uh, ooh, very nice. I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. How about you? Um, actually, we we ran over to the uh, style on the way home from work this evening because i knew i needed something or some things um i had this before i decided to peel off the wax top to get to the cork this is a single vineyard estate from uh from the carico valley uh, red elephant cabernet sauvignon 2016 vintage um it is uh from chile Respect. A little on the dry side. I like it though. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's not sweet, and it's. Um, it. You definitely know you've you've had some wine when you're sipping on it. Mm-hmm. Mm, nice. Me likes. I don't have a thank you, but I do have a shout out and a. Well, in this case, it's an at a girl. Uh, okay. Anyone who has perused the previews, as I know. 
maybe adapted, but Jason, I don't think you did yet. Did you know that um, Ms. Uh, Legacy is featured in a section of the uh, previews that I did not expect to encounter her in? Oh, cool. Udon is picking up Menage 3. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, and I, I'm thinking that is a damn but in perfect what capacity, fit. though? They're... they're it's going to be under the the Udon banner now. The 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 uh, collections. Okay, I'm just I'm just a little. I guess I'm pausing because she already has the collections. Right, but, but those they're self published. These, these are self published from Pixie Tricks mm-hmm. through Kickstarter. But these are self published, and then she, you know, obviously she can, she and Dave Zero can sell them at the uh, at the cons. But now um, they'll be, and and obviously they're not in. Diamond isn't offering them. So now um, you'll be able to go to your LCS. Yes. Or oh, that's ECBS fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so we're talking a wider distribution. Are, are they going to be the same trades, though? Like the same amount, same amount of volumes? Or are they going to be repackaged in different sizes? Or Well, I would think they would be the same. But um, we should get um, her on here to talk about it herself. Okay. Yeah. The, um, well, well, congratulations either way. But yes. I was thinking, it is a really good fit. Udon and Menage yes. 3. Like, Udon yeah. publishes Street Fighter and uh, Desgaea. Like, all these. I don't Sounds wanna... to me like this is a big upgrade for Udon. Oh. Seriously. Yeah, they just they, they, they just classed up the joint. And I'm sorry, it's Dave Zero One. I, I knew there was. I, I, I didn't mean to screw up the man's name. Right. No, but they do Mega Man stuff, and they, they, they're. They are of a certain style, and it leans toward fan service a lot with the Street Fighter and and Darkstalkers and yes. um, you know they they, Actually, they draw beautiful she, uh, women. She she posted a Darkstalkers character on uh, on Facebook recently. Nice. Well, that's great. Congratulations to her. Yeah, I saw and that. I, I was very a- pleased. I, I cannot wait to get to that section. Um, that's a good segue because I do have a couple of thank yous, and one of them is from our girl Giselle. I received the eighth volume hmm. of the uh, Eleven O'Clasker award-winning webcomic Menage a Three. Me too. That's where I was going with that. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. So it, it's it funny kind of that uh, you guys have me to thank for that as well. I think. Oh, absolutely, yes, because Jason backed it. We definitely have him to thank for receiving this volume. You're welcome. Thank you. Merry New Year. And and I have a thank you to the amazingly talented and very generous Josh Ginter. And that is because I received the first three issues of... The Kamiko published E-Man, as well as five issues that I was missing of the first comics E-Man series. And lastly, a pretty awesome drawing of a um, of a very grizzled older gentleman saying, too damn old for this shit. Wearing a very f- fetching Kevin Matchstick lightning bolt t-shirt. Oh, that's nice. Not Danny that's Glover, fantastic. is it? No, no, no. It is not Danny Glover. Hmm. 
Wow. That's awesome. Somebody just dropped, a, awesome. dropped a, an omnibus. Did you hear that? Boom. No, it was actually a trade paperback that just fell off the table. What was it? The floor. It was the Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys that I talked ah. about last week. Um, I have a thank you as well. And it is a jaw-dropping thank you. Oh. Mm. First of all, the, the catalyst for the thanks has to start with Mr. Stephen Water, who thank for you. the second year has picked up the mantle um, – from was it Doctor Teeth, right? Yes, Devin. Devin, Devin yep. aka Doctor Teeth on the forum. Right, Doctor Teeth. Devin ran a EOC gift exchange for years and years, and then some personal responsibilities made it hard for him to pull it off. So Stephen stepped up last year, and it came off without a hitch. And this is his second year running things. Uh, we have mentioned it in the last few weeks, and. Um, I was uh, the person assigned to me was Mr. Arnie Schoencheck, who is a longtime listener and a friend that we've had some fun times with at uh, C2E2s. And many of you know that uh, listen to the show regularly that I am on an art hiatus at present. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Now, now, some may debate the definition of hiatus, but <laughs> generally, you know, I'm not supposed to be buying art right now. So when I came home the other day and there was a – now the wife is savvy at this point. She knows what our original art packaging looks like. You know, it's hard, hard, to, hard to mistake it. Hard to mistake it, right, with the flat backing board. And the, so when I got home, I was getting, this, I was getting, the, uh, I was getting the evil eye You know, because a lot of packages are arriving. It's the holiday season, right? A lot of presents that we've been ordering for other people and such. So not uncommon for packages to arrive. But then an art pay, uh, package arrived from Felix, and I I got uh, I got the stink guy when I walked in, and admittedly my first reaction was oh snap what did I order from Felix that I forgot about <laughs> so I'm like getting ready to apologize and be like um, but I I I opened it up and it was a page. Of Cliff Chang art from Paper Girls. Wow. And not only was it a beautiful page from Paper Girls, it was the page that I referenced to Cliff when he was on a few weeks ago yeah. where uh, the an Applebee's is being burnt to the ground. And I complimented him for his choice in restaurants to burn to the ground because Applebee's nice. is anathema. <laughs> and I – so I was all sorts of confused because there was no letter, no nothing attached so my initial reaction, as you guys know, was that Felix, who has become a friend, sent it as a gift. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is crazy. So I reached out to him and said, thanks. And he's like, thanks. You're, well, you're welcome. But all I did was ship it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like well, I didn't. I'm like, I didn't. He's like, it was from your secret Santa. And then I thought he was being coy and he meant like Cliff sent it directly. Aww. And I'm like, wait, am I Cliff sent me this? He's like, no, your secret Santa from your show sent it to you. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So, so <laughs> long slow roundabout way, long roundabout way, Arnie freaking sent me a page from Paper Girls as my secret Santa present. That's crazy. It is absolutely, and I mean this with all sincerity, 
one of the nicest, most thoughtful gifts I've gotten in my entire life. That is I pretty mean, damn... I mean, not only is it original art, but it's original art from an artist I find to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's a specific page that he knew resonated with me. I, I, I am jaw on the floor stunned. And I did thank him directly, personally, but I, I absolutely had to... Um, give him the shout out on the show because it's uh, just just a stunning a stunning gesture and, Dude, and I, I thank is, him so much. That is more thoughtful a gift than I have ever received from my wife. <laughs> I, I, well, <laughs> you know, laugh or my cry. She's a very good gift giver, but I will tell you that she doesn't feel comfortable giving me comic related stuff ever. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I I genuinely agree with you. I think, I mean, it's certainly one of the most thoughtful things I've ever Seriously. been given. Seriously, yeah. When's the um, wedding? <laughs> right so uh, i'm raising my glass to you arnie um i owe you many drinks when we're next in chicago um you're the man so merry christmas i think we should all well, raise I'm our raising mine to him. i yes yeah because that is that's i i kudos sir yes that's amazing so i'm getting arnie next year <laughs> that's right i know yeah everyone's gonna be like can i have arnie yeah <laughs> Well, Arnie right. was cool. He said that because uh, I was like, "Dude, that's you know, you sure that it's like so much?" And he said um, he was the recipient of an extremely thoughtful gift last year in the exchange. Uh, one of his love Grail, to pay it forwards, man. Yeah, it was one of his Grail comics, and uh, it was something he had been searching for for a long time. And the person that was giving to him procured a copy for him, and it was not an insignificant expense. And I think it took some effort. And uh, Arnie said he just felt like he wanted to pay it forward when he saw my name. He he thought his immediate thought was, "What the hell am I going to get a guy that does everything?" And then he said he listened to the Cliff episode uh, the next day and reached out to Felix and said, "I don't suppose you have the Applebee's page still?" And they had it, and and there you go. So awesome stuff. That Very is awesome amazing. Stuff. Yeah, it is. And they, um, I mean, it's there's been a um, this year. I think uh, they've been some really solid just based on who, who people have been paired up with and, and what I've seen in the Facebook group and what I've heard from other folks. Um, Steven kind of uh, sounds like he outdid himself with, with the pairings this year. Um, Cause Rick Easton reached out to me and, uh, and, and, he and I have exchanged some some messages, and uh, newish patron Daniel Bryan is lucky enough. It's his he he sends me an email. He he, it's his first year playing along, and and of course Stephen has to give him one of the hosts of of the show. But um, he's another one that uh, emails have uh, have been exchanged. So it's it I. I absolutely, I mean, when it comes to the gift exchange, for me, um, it's like the epitome of the thought that counts. I don't, obviously, you know, Arnie received something pretty heavy and important last year, and, and, and he was kind enough to do that for Jason this year. And, and But, I mean, we've had people give homemade things. We've had people, you know send stuff from off their shelves. We've had people buy things and, and have them sent to, to them that way, you know, or Amazon wishlist. And it's just, I, I love the, um, you know, we, 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 we never set a, uh, a spending limit. It, it really is just whatever, 
whatever the person, that, however the spirit moves them. And and I really think we we have such a a fantastic group of people who participate in it. And and uh, you don't know what you're going to. I I love the, the surprise aspect of it. I mean, I've I've received cookware. I've received movies. I've I I love finding out that you know people know either they know about us on the show but obviously other listeners don't really get to hear from each other too often so when they exchange those messages and and they find out what the others are interested in and and um you know seeing what they receive and and just how how elaborate or how how thoughtful uh the gifts were i just it really is it i've always appreciated this time of year but but ever since the gift exchange started uh it it makes me smile that much more during the season absolutely man yep well said dap now speak well on some comics why don't you we should do that yeah should do that we have some housekeeping to do but we definitely will save that for later um i I hardly ever kick it off, and I'm not going to start doing that tonight. So, oh my wow. god, I know. All What's right. up with that? I'm just saying. I just i i I started to take some notes on a couple things, and I didn't get to really go too far into everything that I wanted to jot down. Things I wanted to jot about. So, I I just mm-hmm. i want I want to hear from everybody else. All right. All right. Uh, I think Jason read this little book that I would like to shove underneath your noses. Jason, written by Mike Mignola. Oh, hills to the yes. Yes, sir. I'm glad you were... Yeah, go ahead. I know exactly what you're going to say, and I'm glad because it's one of those ones where I read it, and then for some reason forgot to put it on my little slack list and forgot that we never talked about it. So this is great. Awesome, great. With uh, art by Mr. Warwick Johnson Cadwell. Mm -hmm. He does the pencils, the inks, the color everything and um just to round it out letters by clem robbins it is called mr higgins comes home it's a done in one 1499 hardcover volume released by dark horse and it reached out from the pages and tickled my heart because as mr mignola cites in his introductory text it is a um, love letter to all things Hammer, being Hammer Studios, the uh, the British film studio that created a deluge of great horror films in the 60s and 70s, not the least of which being Roman Polanski's Fearless Vampire Killers, which is the most influential of those movies on Mr. Higgins comes home. Jason, have you ever seen Fearless Vampire Killers? Do not think I have. It's a lot of fun. It's 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 one of my favorite movies um, of that genre. Uh, Sharon Tate's in it. Unfortunately, uh, the uh, woman whose life was ended by Charlie's gang. Um, it's a it's a fun movie. But uh, and very much the spirit of that movie is very much alive in the pages of this this comic, because um, poor Mister Higgins, he uh, 
he's uh, being tended to in his old age by um, by nuns. He's not right because uh, Mr. Higgins was on uh, a little getaway with his bride, and um, their their wagon got all messed up. So they were allowed uh, refuge in the uh, Castle Golga by the Count and Countess. And as soon as you see Count Golga, you know, dude's a vampire, mm. right? They're yeah, both, hard They're to both vampires because their skin is blue. Like, I don't know what Albert and Mary were thinking, but they willingly stepped into the vampire's lair. And uh, late one night, well, na- late at night, because it's only one night, um, Albert wakes up and Mary's not in the bed. And he's looking around, trying to find his wife. Castle's all dark. And it's really neat the way um, Johnson Cadwell illustrates his journey through the castle. You get a glimpse into what makes the Golgas tick. And uh, you see the artwork on the wall. And there's there's uh, weaponry festooning the walls. It's It's a great little sequence. But he eventually does find his wife. And she's in the uh, the castle tombs, with uh, the door of which has a bat on it. Dude, get out of there quick! <laughs> but uh, Mary is also blue, and she has been the uh, plaything of the vampires. And um, they decide once he finds his wife, she's like, "Hey, join us," you know. He's he's not having it, uh, but Count Golga. And uh, the Countess decide to have a little fun with Mr. Albert. So he's been feeling some kind of way for decades. So um, in walks Professor J.T. Meinhardt and his uh, hulking uh, assistant, Mr. Knox. They're on a quest to eradicate vampires. And they're in a little... In in the Carpathians, when uh, middle of the night, just like what happened to Albert and his wife, a vampire enters the room, but the professor is pretty slick. He uh, pulls out the old Jesus symbol and the vampire flees, but um, the vampire takes word back to Count Golga that, yo, the professor's in the neighborhood. We got to watch out because it's uh, Valpurgis. And that's our festival. And he's going to just come and clean house and he's going to kill us all. And it's the end. And, and Count Golga's like, wait, 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 wait. We can use this. Let's, let's just use this to our advantage. So the Count doesn't try to zero in on the professor. He sends him an invitation. Mm-hmm. He's like, what's up, buddy? Why don't you come to our party? Like, what's up, my homie? Yeah, step in. Come on. And so the the professor and uh, Mr. Knox, along with Albert, Mr. Higgins, they, again, willingly step into the lair of the vampires, and they really can't do a damn thing about it. The uh, the vampire, um, they take their coats, which contained all their weapons. They sequester them in a little room, so they're, they're at a lack for resources. Meanwhile, the... Uh, the festival of uh, Valpurgis goes on, but unknowingly, they have a secret weapon in Mr. Higgins. 
because when the vampires diddled with him, um, heartbroken Mr. Higgins was turned into a werewolf. And he is a formidable friggin' werewolf. Yeah, he, straight he, beast mode. He's gigantic. Um, and he, uh, well, I don't think I should get too much more into it because that's the meat of it, is what happens after the, uh, the Mr. Higgins reveals his, um, his curse. I thought this book was absolutely phenomenal. Me too. And it's a weird one, right? Because I think a lot of people probably grouped this in with all the rest of the Mignola stuff. Uh, well, the it cover would all, certainly indicate that. Yeah, it is, after all, a horror story written by Mignola. And the reason that I I didn't think it was when I was looking at it, I remember the previews, was that it was... It seemed like it was a vampire story, and yet, as you and I know, Vince, because we read it regularly, he's got the whole Baltimore thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so then you know, and then I don't remember if the solicit was explicit about it, but it seemed clear that this was its own thing. Um, although it is certainly horror, um, it's it's a quirky little thing. I mean, it's only what forty nine pages, I think. Yeah, it's thin. Right? Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, it's, it's like a novella, um, and uh, the art is. Something else. I mean, uh, Johnson Codwell, um, I think he's done Tank Girl, right? And he mm-hmm. did that um, Helena, Helena Crash. Is it Helena Crash? Helena Crush? Hmm. Um, I'm not uh, familiar with that. It's a relatively new book. I think he was the ongoing artist on that. Um, but either way, the, the guy's style is um, Helena Crash. Um, it reminded me a little of a, of a, of a raw, rougher hewn version of like. Uh, Gennady Tartakovsky, a little. Oh, yeah. I think he's got um, traces of Guy Davis in his work. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it's for a sure. more exaggerated. Like his his um, Cadwell's, or you have to say Johnson Cadwell's approach to the human form is very exaggerated. Hands are tiny. Um, torsos are more often than not inflated little tiny legs and, and little feet. Yeah. Like stick figure legs. Yeah. And, yeah. But um, he's, he's doesn't adhere to reality that much, but it's not at the detriment of the work. I think it's just very exaggerated, very stylistic mm-hmm. uh, approach. That's amazing. He, he's, um, there was almost like a, not a psychedelic, but like a sixties pop style to the whole thing. To yeah. Me. I could like, see that. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, just really distinctive. Um, uh, definitely something that should be in the running for best single issue or one shot in our upcoming 11 O'Clockers. Because at 49 pages, I think you can call it that and not, not an OGN or a, a a trade. Like, it's not a collected edition of anything other than... Right. You know what I mean? But it it, it is an OGN, though. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to... I don't want to split hairs with you, but... It's a done-in-one presented in a hardcover format. It's pretty much an OGN. <laughs> but that's okay. I yeah. love you. I love well, you. Well, listen, player, I mean, <laughs> semantics, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. But I get where you're coming from. I see what you're putting down. And I'm picking it yeah. up because, I mean, Johnson Cadwell, he covers all the bases. The composition, the layout, the, the, the sequence of pages, the color, the line. Like, this is all his work. 
And when you're in, you know, when you have that much responsibility and you pull it off like this, dude's a a, a monster. Yeah, it was uh, it was an impressive little effort. Plus, you have and period was, costumery, was, you know. Even though it was a horror book, and even though there was a lot of death, it it, it had a different tone. Yeah, right. Like it, it is appropriate that it doesn't it, it doesn't once you read it, you see why it's not quote unquote in the in the Mignola verse. Right, but it all the Mignola be. books ha- have gravitas to it. I felt like this was a little a little. Um, looser and, and slighter in significance. It, it wasn't necessarily a happy book, but there was a quirkiness to it. But I think the the overall theme of the book is your actions have ramifications. And in sure. the case of Count Golga, his actions came back to bite him on the ass. You have That this, is true. Yeah, he's a, a vampire of um, significant stature in the, in the region anyway. And um, it seems like a lot of the uh, lesser vampires are um, defer to his wishes. So, I mean, the guy has – he's got presence. He's got, he's got some kind of um, mojo working. And he, like most vampires we encounter in uh, fiction, they, cre- they, they um, consider humans to be nothing more than playthings. They're like um, one of those little drinks – that have the straws to uh, tape to the side of them. Like, you know what I mean? Those little drinks. The oh, kids, Capri Sun? Yeah, they're like human Capri Suns. That's what they are to vampires. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. all right, discard them, you know, or make a backpack. Um, but the uh, – and and his, his play thing eventually was the undoing, his undoing. I think it's it was just a great little – Story like you, you don't have to waste a lot of brain power um, on the surface, but once you decide to sink a little bit deeper, I mean, there's more to this story than just great visuals and a um, a nod to fearless vampire killers. There's a lot more to chew on should you decide to look for it. But it, yes, it, I yeah, agree. It works in in both ways. Uh, very very pleasantly surprised by this. And what we get it for seven fifty. I don't even remember. Yeah, it was it was dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. I I could not look away. I had to have it. So yes, if you are um, horror or gothic minded, you would do very well to check out Mister Mister Higgins comes home by Dark Horse. Mike Mignola, yes, sir. Warwick yes, Johnson sir. Cadwell. You can just get it. Get just it. Get it, man. Yeah. Do it's, it. It's so so good. Do it, do it, do it. So what do we have here? Let's keep this train rolling. Ride that pony. People are going to be drunk now. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I read the first issue of a new series featuring old characters. What? What? I was completely did this. This I wasn't. I didn't know much about this. I've read various incarnations of these characters over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably some of my favorite versions were from a very uh, not often thought about and very short-lived imprint known as Impact Comics. 
The Mighty Crusaders are back. <gasps> you, I got that, but I didn't read it. Oh, oh good. No, 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 go. I want to hear about it. Um, your heroes are the Shield, Jaguar, the Comet, Steel Sterling, Steel Sterling, sorry, Firefly, Darkling, and while not an official member, when the issue starts, uh, by the time the battle that opens the issue ends, uh, the final team member is the web. And this is written by Ian Flynn. Art is by Kelsey Shannon. Uh, colors by Matt Herms. And the uh, Dark Circle is, a, uh, is, is an imprint of Archie Comics. Uh, the the Crusaders are old Archie comics, uh, Archie's versions of of getting into the hero game, and um, you really don't need to know about. And, and it's not Hawkman level continuity, but I think <laughs> if you were to try to figure out the Crusaders and their various versions and and who's what and what the, it you get a major headache so just it, it's usually which is probably one reason why they um they tend not to stick around too long um whether people just find it too convoluted or or, or someone tries to get clever and and piece it all together just just come up with an idea for these characters and just and run with it and that seems to be what um what what Flynn has done here, you do not need to know anything else about any other version by any other publisher um, featuring these characters. It's it's a present day story. Uh, the team is shown fighting Dino Rex right at the start. Everything is is really it, it's it's laid out for you because um, there aren't a lot of mysteries. As far as our heroes go, nobody is um, nobody's acting all sinister. You get you get their code names and you get their alter egos. So uh, mm-hmm. you 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 get the um, you get the checklist right off the bat. And the shield, she is the she's the team leader because the original shield. Uh, he's sitting behind a desk. He's, he's kind of, he's, he's the guy kind of calling the shots. He's, he's the, he's the executive. He's the paper pusher while she's out in the field, basically managing the team. So, so she's, she's all hands on and he's, he's just basically making sure, um, everybody's getting paid and, and things are getting done. Uh, we are introduced to someone who behaves somewhat sinisterly uh his um we really only see him for a few pages because the focus is uh getting to know getting to know this team and after after they deal with dino rex and you get an idea of um everybody's powers and what they do and 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 how they work how in air quotes well they all work together uh after the day is saved, we get a, a quick little um, rundown of, um, of basically a one-page origin, which is you know the the original Shield um, 
started his career in the 40s. Um, Superpowered people began popping up. S.H.I.E.L.D. organized them into the Mighty Crusaders to keep the world safe. The turn of the millennium saw the debut of the New Crusaders. Their time was brief. Um, As they suffered heavy casualties to bring the world's number one threat, the Brain Emperor, to justice. Uh, The team has since reformed with a mix of veteran Mighty Crusaders, New Crusaders, and new members. And um, we... uh, we there's there's a little bit of butting heads between the shields old and new uh but i like the way this conversation played out because while um while this is while this is going on um she is uh shield is is talking to and well um Joe Higgins is the original Shield, and and as far as this book is is concerned, he's is this codename is the Broken Shield. Um, it's pretty cool. Shield is it it, it is. Um, so so Joe is talking to um, to our 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 current Shield, who is Victoria Victoria Adams. Uh, Victoria and Joe, she's just she wasn't expecting the web to show up and, and she's like, listen, you know, you want me to lead this team. I have to know what everybody's doing, where everybody is. And, and you can't just like spring someone else on me. If I'm, sp- I can't lead a team if you're just going to keep throwing curveballs at me. So, um, you know, it's all trial by fire and, and, and learn to adapt. And, uh, but while she is airing her grievances, it's Festivus. She wants to, uh, she's, she's giving us a rundown of the personalities of the team. So you don't have to see this play out. You don't have to see any animosity amongst the team members. You don't have to, you don't, you're not wasting pages to, to see how these characters actually are. She's letting you know. And, and I think that that's just a real slick way that it was presented. I, um, I even though they're just having this conversation, you are, seriously learning about everybody on the team just from these two people talking um the art uh is very mike norton-esque it's 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 a clean line it's not it it's not a straight norton rip but i as i was looking at the action scenes i was just looking at the group shots as i'm looking as as the characters the, how they carry themselves their weight their um the body language and the figure drawings are are very reminiscent in my eyes to to Mike Norton, and and that's um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's fitting for these characters for this type of story. It's very bright. The colors are 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 um, a lot of primary colors going on, and and it's not uh, it's whether it's a palette cleanser from some of the other things people might be reading these days. But I think it's uh, I think it's it's a sharp looking book. It's um, colorful and uh and and i like the um i like the interaction between the teammates that we've seen so far uh we've only seen a short battle at the beginning of the issue and then the rest of it is basically uh the reader learning who these characters are and and um and we'll take it from there and it is a cliffhanger at the end where uh the the um the possible evil person that we were introduced to earlier in the issue, um, maybe up to uh, some nefarious deeds. And uh, the mystery deepens 
in the next issue. But I really, I didn't know what to expect. I, I, I like I said, I know for the most part, I know these characters, and and if uh, I'm down with giving it a chance, I'm glad I did. I will definitely be checking out the um, the next issue. If um, if you hadn't seen it or you did see it, weren't sure about it, if, if you were looking for something different, um, I would definitely give this a shot. Yeah. I have my copy open. Yeah. The cover's kicking. I love the cover. The first cover? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the team running into action with the broken shield in the background. The, yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot. I agree with you. I think the color art is uh, really Oh, what's the word? It's it uh it's old school because aside from the clouds, everything's That's all the cut co- flat. Everything's flat, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think the facial expressions, especially in the sequence when um New Shield's talking to old Shield, the just the the way her face changes from uh, she's got an urgency to her when she walks in the room. He's kind mm-hmm. of ambivalent with the eyes half closed, like, yeah, whatever. Um, she's exhausted. She's pleading at one point. She's playing with her hair. Like, I think the, the expressions are dead on. And then when he gives her the old, the finger, you know, hey, with the winky eye, it's great. The, the, the expressions are phenomenal. And, and there's even little subtle things like when she storms into his office, she slams her hands down on on the table. The pen, name nameplate, everything goes flying. And you know, a couple pages later, as they're having their talk, you see him putting all the pens back in the yeah, cup. And there's little things like that, that. You know, yeah. yeah. So no, this is good. I I really I know oh, I th- I didn't read it yet. But oh, I'm, I'm glad you're going to dig it. No, right. I, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm thinking it's it's in my wheelhouse. But fingers crossed. Because Archie has tried and tried and oh, tried yeah. to get these um, Red Circle characters to click. And I, I really hope... That even when they did try, they tried to get DC to try. And, I know. And, and, and DC, I mean, and DC has some great talent. I mean, you had Wade, you had Perobic, you had, you had some pretty solid creators working on those books. Yeah. Now this but is a, this just, is a, I think just got lost in the shuffle. It's a, it's a, a win, I think. Winning. <laughs> oh boy! What's a oh boy? I don't. Uh, what's that? I don't understand that. <laughs> I like how you said. I mean, and yes, and and they were the Red Circle characters, and and on the cover of the second issue, um, with the web leaping into action, all the rest of the team are in red circles. Yes, I think we have talked about Red Circle on the show over the years more times than they sell issues of an individual I- comic, <laughs> and that's a shame. Because these characters are it great. Really is. It yeah, is. Yeah, they are. They are. Who's the the feral looking chick? That's Jaguar. Really? Yeah. Wow, a little bit of an upgrade. <laughs> Why? What does she normally look like? Well, not like that. I think the design is. Well, I don't know. Again, you're. Plus, remember, um, we're doing a radio show. I don't know what like that means. I, you two are looking at the comic. Most of us are not. And for well, it's it's um she's not so much like panther from from the titans because because there are times where in the past jaguar was a dude and it was very much um like timberwolf from the legion or, or their version of wolverine okay uh, but, or, but or she, um wolf spain a little bit yeah okay. she well she this one's got a little bit of a um uh almost like 
a a Tigra um, from the mm. Avengers kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, well, as far as the spots, then right. Even, even if you want to see Cheetah from Wonder Woman, but she's got the uh, she, she's definitely more animal looking than yeah, yeah. Nice. Feminine. I like it. I like it. What? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. They're they're bending the genders. Gender yeah. benders. Yeah. Because I'm I'm thinking the fly. That's that's not the fly I know. No, no, it's not. Cool, cool beans. All right, Jason. Vincent, batter up. Produce. <laughs> all right man this is something a lot of people have been waiting a long time for what yes oh let me let me finally unwrap my copy then <laughs> <laughs> you know we are getting toward the end of the year uh we're it's at that point of the year where i know for me i try and take a, a little bit of a, a mental inventory of the inevitable regime pile and spend the next few weeks focusing on the things that I think have gotten enough praise from other peeps that I, whose opinions I appreciate, um, or make a preponderance of best of lists, so forth, so on, that, that they rise to the top of my list so that I can make sure I give them their just due, um, so that in a few weeks when it's time to do our 11 o'clock for the best of, I don't miss anything that I'll regret having not included and this is a book that has um, been recommended to us innumerable times over the last 10 months. It is a book I purchased on some of those recommendations about six months ago and began reading it. And then when I did that massive reorganization of my uh, comic room and got everything uh, started, Stacked up and whatnot. I, I guess, in my efforts to do that, I, the book made it into one of the new piles, and I lost sight of it. And I just, I, I, I couldn't let that go, knowing that we were nearing the end of the year, based on uh, how much love this book has gotten, and we hadn't spoken about it. So I finally went downstairs, found the book, and spent the last week reading it almost exclusively because it is a monster, uh, no pun intended of a book in terms of size. I am talking about what I suspect will be the runaway winner, uh, in almost every award and best of list for, for best comic of the year, uh, by Emil Ferris. My favorite thing is monsters published by Fantagraphics. Uh, it is, it's one of those books where I'm I'm reluctant to even begin speaking on it because <laughs> I don't think I can do it justice. Um, I, I also think that the the book is it's important for the context of this of the book to understand the creator. Uh, Emil Harris is a um, a woman that lives in Chicago. She is a uh, lifelong art artist. She is the daughter of a surrealist painter uh, and an inventor. Her mother is a surrealist painter. Her father invented um, the game Simon. You know, the game like... Oh, shit! The lights? Yes. He he invented a bunch of different toys, but probably the most famous is Simon. So a very creative 
bohemian upbringing. Um, she was a, uh, by her own admission, a homely odd duck of a girl. She had severe scoliosis. So she was ostracized. She couldn't, she couldn't, wasn't, and really wasn't interested, nor was she very athletic. So she spent much of her life, especially at recess and, and the like, uh, in, in the corner observing. And she began drawing at a very young age in notebooks, spiral notebooks. And that was her, her diary and her way to process the world. So fast forward to she's about 40 years old and she's been trying to become a fine artist, uh, frankly, without much success, at least commercially. And she's somewhat dejected. She contracts West Nile virus. And it's so severe that she becomes paralyzed from the waist down and is wheelchair ridden. She also loses the use of her of her of her predominant hand uh, because of West Nile and has to be given an intensive bout of physical therapy, has to reteach herself from the start how to draw again. And as part of that therapy begins building off of an idea that she had a, she had done a 20 page comic about a young girl that was struggling with her identity and her sexuality. Um, and it was intertwined with her falling in love with a Frankenstein monster looking trans boy. Um, and that was the, her master's thesis for her masters of fine arts. And so she took that idea that could never get her, she could never get away from and began building off of it. And that led to what is now volume one of two. Uh, my favorite thing is monsters. And at its, at its core, at its surface, it is a story about a young girl um, growing up in the 60s. Uh, she is uh, a mixed race, um, impoverished, and she lives in a tenement building. And one of the few people that is nice to her uh, is an older woman named Anka, who treats her very kindly. And when she comes home from school one day, Anka has been... Well, Anka is dead. Um, it's been ruled a suicide, although it's it's an odd it's an odd thing because she's been shot. Um, but she's been shot in such a way it would be hard for her to have actually killed herself. But they find no bullets. There's it's like a locked room mystery. Every all the doors are locked, so it's ruled a suicide, and, and she's dubious of that. Uh, and it's in essence um, a story of this young girl's life and, and identity with her family, and also trying to figure out the mystery of Anka's death. Um, that's the surface level, but that really just doesn't begin to do it justice. I mean, this is a, I think one of the reasons this is getting the deserved praise it is getting is because, um, this takes us on a journey through so many different genres, settings, uh, emotional, um, paradigms, and it's all interwoven beautifully. Uh, it's a 400 or so page book. Uh, so it's massive. I mean, this is not something you can sit down and read uh, in a sitting. It's it's going to take you a bunch of days, uh, no question about it. Um, and there's a lot of words, uh, and lay the layouts are very creative. So you know you're going to find yourself flipping the book on its side. Um, you know, look at things horizontally at times. Um, but but visually, um, she's like nothing. I've ever seen in comics. Um, 
the the book is structured as though you're seeing the girl's diary. So much as she did, much as Emil did as a child, it's it's drawn um, on lined paper. So as you're looking through the book, it looks like you're looking through a lined notebook. So every image is drawn on a lined piece of paper. Um, those of you that are Jim Rugg fans, you've seen Jim does some of this as well. He does commissions and art pieces in that same vein. It looks like that. Much of the book is drawn in ballpoint pen, but with so much layering and crosshatching <laughs> that it, it again, to say it's drawn in ballpoint pen just doesn't do it justice if you haven't seen the book. There's stunning imagery. And she plays with so many different styles in this book. Uh, and And while she may have one particular style for the general storytelling, she just floors you every now and again with different imagery. Like there are reasons for um, the little girl is a fan of, of fine art. And there are different parts to the book where they're referencing her being at museums or um, different time periods or the period during World War II. And, and so she'll, she'll suddenly give you a page of a rendering of, uh, a, a, a famous painting or a famous statue and it's rendered like real life. It looks like you're looking at it in, in real life. Um, but then she gets back to this much more illustrative cartoony style for the main storytelling. Um, she draws the little girl uh, as a little werewolf. Uh, this, this little girl is obsessed with monsters. Um, but that's again her, the way she sees herself. She's not a werewolf, but she sees herself that way because she's an outcast and a misfit. And there's a moment in the book, probably I'm guessing 300 pages in, where her older brother holds her by the shoulders and points her to the mirror and says, "Look at yourself." And for the first time after 300 pages of seeing her as a little wolf, wolf girl, you see her as herself, and she's this beautiful little human girl. Um, her older brother is this guy named Dee's, not Dee's nuts, but Dee's, and he's a he's a he's a man whore. He had a relationship with Anka, who was twice his age. Um, there's pretty much everyone in the book, other than the protagonist, is a candidate for having been involved in the murder. Um, and then I think the book hits an entirely new stride and just is jaw dropping when about a third of the way in we start going back and learning about Anka, the woman who was, who was, who has died and her life. And it's this heartbreaking, tragic story of this little girl was, was, was uh, her and her mother were trying to escape an abusive relationship. They were taken in, uh, but they were taken in as happened to many women back then into a brothel. Um, her mom became a drug addict to deal with the fact that she was a prostitute. So Anka grew up, in a whorehouse and her mother was extremely abusive and it was a, a very, very difficult environment. Uh, it made Anka very, shall we say, um, her, her, I guess her views about sex and sexuality were, were skewed by this, as you might imagine. Um, they were Jewish. So this is all happening in Germany. She ends up um, getting caught up as, as was the case. Unfortunately, when the Nazis take over, she has to deal with that and, uh, and and need to escape. She's sold as a little girl into sex slavery. She's sold to a, a man they call the Big Doctor, and he runs something called the Pharmacy. And this pharmacy is actually a place where where children are are, are whored out to pedophiles. And she's she's pulled into that. 
Um, and through it all, though, through this horrible childhood, she emerges from it um, a woman of, of a lot of sadness, but but of impeccable beauty and art, artistry. And she's an artist and a, and a florist. And, and she then eventually becomes this older woman living in this building, taking care of, uh, of those in the building. So there's all of these different layers that tie into um, there's a little bit of an autobiographical bent to it. There's, of course, the the surface level murder mystery who done it. There's all these different characterizations. Their mother is dealing with she's dying. She's dealing with cancer. So there's that journey as well. Um, so there's 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 lots of different things that probably as I'm speaking on it sound like they can't possibly make sense connected. And that's, I think, what makes this the masterpiece that it is. That's, I think, why it's 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 been so critically acclaimed. All of these disparate time periods and settings and genres and moods and narratives do all tie in together with this fantastic tapestry. And you're fully satisfied at the end um, in a way that you just wouldn't expect possible, given how disparate all of these uh, components sound on the surface. Uh, it's just a tour de force. And the visuals, I mean, I just can't begin to do them justice. You know, there's a, at every chapter break, there's a, a mock-up cover of, of a different horror magazine. Um and uh, again, Emil, and then by proxy, the character in the book are, are just fans of, of monsters and horror. Uh, and it's just uh, it's just jaw dropping. It's 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 an immersive experience. It's it's rare after reading comics for 30 years to have an experience that's unlike anything else you've had in comics. And this is definitely this is of that bill um, for as much as they're curmudgeonly fucks when it comes to reviewing other people's comics. I got to tip my cap to Fantagraphics again because when they do hit on something, they hit on something. Um, and it would just be a real shame, I mean, to anyone that, that likes comics outside of the mainstream. And if you're a mainstream comics fan, cool, you know, you do you. But if you are into other things, um, even a periodically or occasionally, you're just doing yourself a huge disservice not to not read this book. And I assure you, over the next month or two, this book will be on every list as one of the top books of the year. And uh, it's not hyperbole. It's deservedly so. And uh, it will absolutely factor into my awards. But um, it's just a, a jaw-dropping, stunning book. And the, the cherry on top of all this is that I do recommend that you get the, 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 the print version because it's this massively thick, square-bound, uh, soft cover. Uh, and it's oversized. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a larger, it's a larger page format. Uh, and the colors just pop. It's great to have a physical copy. But uh, if you have neither the budget... Um, nor the inclination, this is actually available to those who use Comixology Unlimited for free. Nice. So if you're a, if you're a Comixology Unlimited subscriber, you can read this right now on Comixology as part of your subscription. So no excuses. Um, it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's stunning. I, I I was reluctant to talk about it simply because I, I I don't feel like I can do the book an appropriate amount of justice discussing it like like this without the without being able to show you the visuals um but uh it's it's great work and then and then on top of it um in a few months we'll be getting volume two so it is a two volume uh effort but uh but yeah it's 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 amazing stuff and you know just to put a a final point on it um you know art spiegelman who many would consider you know one of the all-time greats. He certainly wrote one of the all-time greatest graphic novels. Uh, he says of, of her that, that she has completely reshaped the narrative of, of graphic storytelling. 
and Chris Ware um, said it's a magnum opus. So, you know, those are as good of endorsements as you can get when it comes to this, to this, this, uh, <laughs> this art form. So when, when, when those people are saying that you've reshaped the, 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 the genre, then uh, you're doing something right. And I think the praise is all well-earned. So um, it's, it's also pretty cool when you think about the fact that she, I think this book, she finished this book. She worked on it for six years. She finished it when she was 51. I think she's 53 or 54 now. So it's also a great reminder that you're never, you're never too old to, to achieve, you know, your career pinnacle or your first great work. So for her first graphic novel to be published after she was 50, it's, it's, it's pretty inspiring to, you know, to, as, as a person in their forties that, you know, to, as a reminder that, 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 uh, your life and your, what you're known for is not set in stone, regardless of how old you are. So pretty badass stuff all around. It's a beautiful looking book. And, and the, as far as the, the ballpoint pen, it's, it's the, um, it's basically, it, it's those four color big pens with the, the, the red, the black, the green. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And the blue ink. And it's, 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 it's gorgeous stuff. And yeah, I mean, you rug would pretty much be the closest comparison, mostly because of the lined paper, but, um, the, the style of the work and, and, and because of the ballpoint pen, but it's. It's so unique. It's it's a gorgeous looking book. I love the cover. I love the feel of the cover. It's it's a very thick, soft cover. It's a nice uh, kind of tacky feel to it. I it, it's a beautiful package. Yeah, I mean, like she renders a there's a, a Seurat painting in it. She renders a Monet in this book. I mean, um, there's these vividly graphic images that are tied into whether it be the prostitution or when she's having visions of monsters or her mother dying or the murder. Um, it just it runs the gamut. I mean, there's there's graphic beheadings, there's graphic sexual depictions, but then there's these heartwarming moments of 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 of, of teen love. Um, yeah, it's just it defies it, it defies categorization. You know, this is definitely a book that doesn't fit into any any specific peg. Yeah, yeah. it jumps through a bunch of them. So. I think you would love it, Vince. You're awful quiet. It seems to me like you're quiet because you don't love it. I'm wondering what's going on. No, why would you assume that? The, I don't know. The, you're always only quiet when it's something that doesn't interest you at all. Well, no. The reason why I, I didn't bring it to the table previously is because it's such a daunting task. It you, is, right? You, you need a whole bunch of time to read this thing, not only to yeah. read it, but to appreciate it. You can't mm-hmm. – we, we have a, a very narrow window. Uh, we record on Thursday. So basically, we have the weekend to read something. You're not going to read <laughs> My Favorite Thing is Monsters in a Weekend. No, I mean, and, this took a few weeks all in because I read part of it early in the year. And then, like I said, I dug it up in two weeks ago and I've been reading it. Right. right. About, half, about half the time I've spent reading comics in the last two weeks have been this. I'll be honest. I, I opened the book not to read it, but to peruse the art. Because it is mm-hmm. so stylistically broad, um, I think the approach at the moment is novel. But 
I can see precedence in the work of Will Eisner and Jim Rugg and Josh Bayer. And um, I I don't want to slight the work because, like I said, I haven't read it. So I really can't speak to anything other than the images. There's the Spiegelman bent to tie the narrative into pop culture footnotes, Mm -hmm. like the comic book covers, like that straight Spiegelman. Yeah, Not, she makes meaning, no bones. I mean, yeah, her, meaning her OG. that she didn't appropriate it. She just took, she picked the bones and, and created something new. I'm not saying she's, you know, it's not swiping. It's just uh, a nod to someone who came before. It's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. the book is just phenomenal, but I I haven't been able to jump in other than just to, to study the art. Yeah, the people in this book are so ugly. But but I mean in, yeah. by design, right? Just 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 reflecting the the ugliness yeah. of of humanity. Like um, I said, there's a, there's a, a little Joe Coleman uh, bent to it. There's a, um, I see a little bit of Crumb here and there. There's I was going to say she also credits Crumb as being yeah. There's a lot of Harvey Kurtzman in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But yep. no, it, I, I I I maybe over the the Christmas break if I get a little downtime, I'll. I'll jump in again and actually start to read the thing. But you have, by bringing this to this episode, you have created what I believe is our very first Fantagraphics-O-Rama. I know, and and it is very fitting that you're going to talk about what you're going to talk about because I posted a link uh, to Facebook, to our group, uh, which is facebook.com slash, uh, is it 11 o'clock comics app or EOC? I should know that. But. Uh, it is, um, I think it is, it's, it's slash groups, uh, right. slash, I want to say, um, it's slash one. 11 o'clock comics. Okay. Uh, I posted to our Facebook group. Um, it is that time of year for best of lists. And I know lists are very subjective and so forth and so on, but I have to say, there was a list by Complex Magazine, the 25 best comics of the year. And as far as lists go, I found it to be an excellent list. One, because of the things that were on there that I had read. I thought every one of them was fantastic and deserved to be on the list. And then a few of the things I had not read were by people and or works that I had were on my short list of things. And uh, Monsters was the number one, their choice for the best comic of the year. Uh, by the way, shout out to Tom and Mitch. Uh, number two is Mr. Miracle. But the book I believe you're going to talk about is also one of the few I haven't read. And I think it was number five on the list. Oh, for sure. But, uh, but either way, um, I want to read this as well. So I'm stoked you're going to talk about it. Good, good. I'm also very grateful that you mentioned the 11 Klosskers because this book is going to factor very heavily in mine. Nice. Yeah. It um, see this is akin to masturbation for me because not only um, is it my all-time favorite artist, living artist, I should say. He's not Jack Kirby, but he's living and breathing, so he's good enough for me in that respect. Right now, um, it's the culmination of a trilogy that he started at Fantagraphics, um, thematically linked trilogy the uh the first volume was um jimbo in purgatory and the second being jimbo's inferno the third which was recently published it's a massive tome um it doesn't have a high page count but it has presence 
It's uh, 14 and a half by 12. So it's big. There is uh, gold foil on the cover. It's called Songi of Paradise by my man, mm-hmm. Gary Panter. It is definitely the most accessible of the three. Uh, Inferno and Purgatory are massively dense, not only visually, but they they uh, it's they're the uh, thirteen levels of hell and the whole you know you have to have a bit of a history with not only Gary Panter but with the uh, more literate stuff on which the uh, the works are based and Songi's no different because it is loosely adapted from Milton's Paradise Regained. But instead of Jesus being the one wandering the wasteland, uh, starving himself for 40 days, we get a backwoods pole digger called Songi. And and he goes on a vision quest. It all start the whole narrative begins in the first panel, sets up everything that's going to follow, because the entire book is built on a case of mistaken identity. Well, what do you mean? Uh, well, in in the first panel, we have Songi. He's in um, a little lake watering hole with his buddy and they're splashing around and there's a drone flying overhead and the drone says high command this is group leader we have a clear view of the unknown target and are well pleased has no relation to what's going on in the foreground with songi and his buddy fooling around in the water but the devil beelzebub Lucifer, he's, he's, he's called the adversary initially. He overhears the drone and becomes jealous. He's like, this, the, the, the lords of might see this creature and are pleased. What does he have? Why is he so special? What, what is it about this creature that has made these, these uh, nigh-omnipotent beings uh, how does he give them pleasure? And the devil sets out to corrupt Songi. The The book is about temptation. Songi's wandering the wasteland and the devil shows up and he's like, okay, Mr. Hot Stuff, why don't you turn this rock into bread? Show me. Show me your power. And Songi's like, I can't do that. What are you talking about? I'm just a dude. And the devil's like, no, 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 no. You have something. And he proceeds to try and tempt him with women and money and power. But Songi's not having it. Can I, I don't want to interrupt your flow, but is, is Songi aware that he has powers? Or does he think the devil's out of his mind? Songi, he's nothing. He's just a dude. He's just a man. So that's what I'm saying. So the devil's like, no, you have something. And then, so when he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He really doesn't know. No, what he's, talking he's about. just a um, a country bumpkin, okay. which okay. which which speaks to Gary Panther's origins. He's he and he has like the the old uh, tattered 
goofy looking hat. He's 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 shirtless. His pants are in tatters. He has no shoes on, and he's just a a normal human. But the mm-hmm. the devil doesn't realize that because the lords of might have have seen this this character and they 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 are well pleased. And again, it's all based on mist- uh, uh, an error in the judgment of the devil. He just doesn't get what's going on, you know. Um, the temptation angle is big for me because, um, as a collector and a uh, well, just as a human being, I, I deal with temptation every day of my damn mm-hmm. life, right? Damn and, skippy bippy. And I am one to cave very easily into temptation, and for this salt of the earth dude. To resist basically everything the devil's offering, women, wine, power, money, as if it were inconsequential. He said, I don't need that. You know, he, he's trying to find himself. He's on this vision quest, starving himself. Uh, and, and he's offered the world, in essence, and just doesn't take it. He rebuffs the devil at every turn and the devil gets pissed um and and a tribute to panther devil comes in and it, when we first see him he's a um a worm type character wyrm he has horns and a crown he has one leg for some reason um but panther uses the torso and the wing and various body parts of the devil and he puts empty crossword blocks in them Mm. yeah it's just a stylistic thing that is repeated on every instance we see the devil when he when when he later comes um songy's in a cave he crawls out of the cave and the devil's walking up and he's more traditional depiction of the devil like a uh, a human type form with the beard and horns he's a grizzled old man and he's got the crossword patterns in his, um, it's like a toga type thing, like a he, he with a drawstring at the waist. But we see the the crossword puzzle in him, and it just keeps he keeps using that motif. That later on, the devil shows up as a giant gecko, lizard, chameleon type mm. thing um, again with the crossword puzzle, and then he turns into more a more um, non-threatening version like a cartoon dinosaur and again mm-hmm. this if you are if you have traveled the gary panther journey none of this is surprising to you because he loves cartoon characters he loves pop culture he loves to weave all that stuff through his his works and um the the de- devil basically offers songi a mountain a literal mountain of riches and 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 songi you know not not having it, but uh, Panther uses Milton's the the cadence of Milton's text. Like Milton can get pretty freaking wordy, and uh, the the devil is is no different. He says, "You could be honored, have many friends, rule like a tyrant, and visit exotic locales. Get rich first. It will make things easier for you." I know what I'm talking about. And Sangi mm-hmm. says, "A poor man can accomplish a lot." 
A rich man tends to worry about keeping his money, making the pile bigger, wonders who his friends are, drinks heavily into the damnation of thieves and fire and rot, can't sleep, yet dreams. Too much money and power is a trap. As plain as day, I dig holes and tamp the ground around posts. Why would I want a scepter to beat myself with? Like, this is... Songi has the... He's just grounded. Literally, mm-hmm. he digs holes, right? So he's grounded. And it's just, it's so amazing. Uh, some pages have one panel. Some have, you know, three, four. It's, it's a large-scale book, so Panther really lets loose with the detail. And it looks, the line is so thin that it's almost like a dry point line. It's very, very thin. But um, not a whole lot of blacks, maybe in the title graphics of each chapter. But Pan- he would rather crosshatch in this book. And it's all to the benefit of, of the narrative. It is unbelievably rewarding when you, when you traipse through this book. And, and unlike my favorite thing is Monsters, it won't take you an eternity to read. Mm-hmm. But should you decide to linger on the graphics, that's where the time is going to come in because Panther is just, he's very complex. There's a four-panel page where uh, there's a spire that is ascending into the heavens and the spire is in the uh, areas of the panels that touch. It's, it almost looks like Songi and the Devil are revolving around the spire. There are panel borders, but the the the, the spire is bisected by the the gutter mm-hmm. in the middle. It's amazing. Um, the Devil wears a crown of thorns at one point, turns into this bird-like creature. It's 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 a a tour de force. But if you are a, a fan of Gary Panther, you're used to this kind of stuff. This is what the man does. It's why I call him the greatest living artist because he is just it's, – it's a total idiosyncratic voice. Nobody speaks visually like Panther. Many have tried and a whole lot have failed. Um, it, it's, it is unique to him. Nobody can do this but Gary Panther. And I can go on now and if, on. If- do you need to have read the first two no. parts of... No. No, no, no. Okay. Completely uh, unconnected. Uh, in, thematically, yes. Because um, yeah, this it, is the third of a trilogy. Yeah, said, right? but I mean, in, ter- it, in the characters, no, Jimbo's not in this. You know, um, mm-hmm. so it's... The, the country bumpkin factors into a lot of Panther's work. And you say that's his background? Yeah, yeah. He was... He's, um, he's Southern and... Um, uh, the very religious parents, um, Judeo-Christian, and it's just uh, it's it's an ongoing theme that he's he struggles with uh, um, spirituality and and God and and hell and uh, well, obviously the all the trappings that go along with all that. It's a monster of a book. I I don't yeah, it's, know. It's definitely getting the critical love as well. I, but the thing is, I I read the uh, the roundtable on the Fanographic site, and they linger on the visuals, which I guess is is 
something that you can't escape when you're talking about Gary Panther, but they didn't really go too deep into the story. Uh, And I think that it's, like I said, the most accessible of the three, but it's a universal theme. Temptation. And it's, it's, Mm. it's presented so slowly over a period of 32, 40 pages, whatever, that um, it may come off as Gary beating a dead horse or, or pressing the point, or belaboring the point. Um, but I don't think so. I think it's a, it's a journey. Uh, the devil is just plain dumb. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't get it when he's lost. He's not going to crack the shell of this, this mortal man, but he doesn't stop trying because he wants to break him and he just cannot do it. It's phenomenal. I, I will break you. Yeah, Jason, I'm, I don't know if this is for you. Not saying that um, you, you're not going to click with, with the, the theme of it, but I, I, don't, I, I, I would like you to page through it before you, you spend your money on it. You mean visually? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this, this would mm-hmm. be... Uh, up yeah, here. well, Let's that's see. fair. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it to, you know, I'm not kneecapping you. It's just some stuff clicks and some doesn't. You know? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's as chaotic as, as um, Pee Wee's Playhouse. There is shit going on everywhere. <laughs> Tr- trillions of lines. And when Gary wants, I mean, there's, there's a double, I'm trying to find it, a double page spread. And so you know the the form of the the size of the book, and we're talking double page spread. It's a gigantic right. image of the uh, uh, let's see, glorious Rome, queen of earth, enriched of nations, skills, and noblest architects. Under an airy microscope, thou mayest see pillars and ropes car- carved stone, cedar, marble, ivory, gold, and he draws a Roman um, arena littered. With spectators and chariots, guys beating the shit, killing each other. And then not only is he not happy enough to just do the contents of the arena, he does all the buildings around it, the streets littered with Roman soldiers. It's, it, it looks like it took forever to draw, but it's not P. Craig Russell. It's Gary Panther. So it's, it's very loose and very energetic and very expressive and amazing. And oh, good God. Um, no one, no one speaks to me like, like Gary Panner. It's, it's the visual language that is the clearest, most direct route to my, my brain and my heart. I don't know why I've never figured it out. I don't think I need to figure it out. But but when I look at Gary's art, the universe makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was done over a period of years. Like the first page says, "Copyright 2012, Gary Panther," and he he dates most of the pages. The last page says, "Copyright 2016, Gary Panther." So it's a it's not a a long work. It's like maybe thirty two, forty pages, but it took him four years. Mm. Wow. Yeah, but when you see the work, you'll you'll know why. Yeah, but you're not much of a panther guy yourself, are you? I've read very little panther. I mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. I wouldn't be able to um, 
like if, if anybody were to ask me, you know, what are what are some of the of the, of the definitive Panther works or, or where should I start? I um all of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um mm-hmm. I, I you know Well there's tell there's, the track with Vince, but it's the go to Jimbo. I was just going to say Jim. Yeah. I mean that that's pretty much that's it's almost it's not cliched but it's like that would be the one that I would that I just have at the ready but I don't know um it's and you know we we fall into that trap sometimes it's not always the right thing to do but I I don't have a frame of reference I don't know what I would compare it to if someone were to say well I like this what do you think I would think of that i i'd be i just 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 go for it just just see what what tickles you yeah that's it's it's hard to shoehorn gary into the if you like this you'll like this right right there's yeah. nothing like gary exactly yeah so you need to just tread into the uncharted water well, i'm gonna yourself. read it and i'm gonna love it and then i'm gonna be like in your face vince no I i'm not read it too um, I'm kidding. I know, I know, I know. Um, Because Jason was all quiet because, you know, he didn't, he doesn't. (laughs) Like, but you would, this is Monsters. No, but two two amazing works that um, are rightfully placed on those those best of lists. One, I have concrete evidence, and the other, I can can assume based on what I had in my hand. So. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for, for some... Uh, elitist sounding, um, it can be, and, yeah. and and snooty, uh, people. They they, they publish some fantastic shit. That's what I'm saying. For I want, when I read the site, I want to punch him in the face. But exactly, yeah. books, right. I'm like, all right, well, it's like God, you get a pass. It's like thank thanks for publishing someone's work who who is who is actually happy about the fucking medium that they're working in right yeah right but you know when you are responsible for bringing um los Bro- brothers hernandez to the to the comic buying public oh, they, yeah they that, have some you credit. get a pass you get you automatically get yeah, a pass no, i mean that's I what we're that, saying that, I right. earned their rep as right. being a phenomenal right. publisher yes. i mean they're they're douchebags but but uh but they got a great eye <sighs> But I don't. They can be douchebags. They can be. Well, they've certainly been douchebags publicly for a last bunch of years. Yeah, they they can be, but I just think it's a it's a not having learned the lesson that there's room for everything. You you can't say comics should be this to the exclusion of this. Why can't it be mm-hmm. everything? There's there's but it but, can but, be. But they're so contradictory. Dictory because little Lulu's okay, and Nancy's okay, and and Crazy Cat's fine, but mm-hmm. Spider Man, unless it was drawn by Disco Ditko, is not okay. And and Kirby's right. okay, who did Fantastic Four and Captain America and right. go down no, the no, list, no, yeah. but but the guy drawing Captain America right now. And the company publishing Captain America right now is not okay. It, it just mm-hmm. makes you look like an ass when you say that. Suspect AF. You're right. Right. It's all okay. Merry New Year. Um, okay. Merry New Year. <laughs> I just wanted to get you to do it. Mm-hmm. Jason, have you, 
have you <laughs> have you finally finished the Punisher? I haven't gotten any further than I had last week. Oh my god, that's okay, bro. Three, I mean, three episodes away. We 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 have the last minutes. three episodes, and and uh, it's going to be tough this weekend because we have to finish the Punisher. Um, I know nobody else will be interested in this, but the Crown starts um, tomorrow, and. It's it's a it's another Netflix show, but it's um I'm aware. Yes, no, Renee loves it, and and actually I've seen I've seen a couple episodes, and I'm like hey, it's pretty interesting. No, it's it's just the whole the whole drama aspect of it. It's it's the way it's 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 shot and presented is um it it does kind of kind of suck you in. But uh, Top Chef starts tonight, so there, there, there are a few things. Yeah, it does. So it'll be Top Chef is back, baby. Oh, well, definitely. I I I'm going to push forward through and. Uh, we will finish Punisher, no doubt. Cool. Well, I have a um, an hour-long void in my Sunday viewing because... Oh, you're giving up Walking Dead? Yeah, it's it just... It sucks. It's season, bad. The season finale is Sunday. It's, it's, it's 90 minutes, and then you got, you, you'll have a couple of months to... Well, I'm, I'm not even up I, to I, date. I just... I, I can't oh, bring well, myself that's... to watch it. It's just, The last well, episode I... I, I just got a heat. No, the last episode I saw was... Um, Ezekiel's uh, trying to stay alive, yeah, she, and Carol's kicking okay. ass, and it was boring okay. as fuck. Yes, yeah, it's I'm, that. That's why I told you. I, I said on the Slack, I'm like, it's it's inconsistent because then, then you have because after you get past that, you do, you 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 get it from the other perspective, and and you see the Savior's point of view, and and them stuck in that building, and how everything was was leading up to. Um, Alexandria basically setting them up to be trapped and um and and the thing with Negan and and Gabriel and it it's it actually there are it's like the whole thing with with Rick and just walking around and and with with Daryl that was that was boring um it picks up a bit when we kind of focus on the saviors and um this last episode had some moments I, I, I don't care what Eugene's fate is at this point, but um, I don't. I, I'll probably yeah. I'll watch. I'll watch the the last episode before the break. That'll be this Sunday. It's it's ninety minutes, but it's it's going to be it, it's definitely going to be one of those things where it all kind of comes to a head, and there'll be a cliffhanger, and then we come back in February to find out, you know, just and then maybe it'll pick up for the last six, seven, eight episodes of the season, but. It's. It was not. I mean, there there have been some seasons where there's a steady increase from one week to the next, and you're like, I okay. can't see where this is going. But this this has definitely not been one of those seasons. Ratings are way down for what it's worth. Yeah, not, that, not that that matters in the grand scheme of things. It's but. just. Oh, you, know, you kill a favorite. That's what happens. It, it it's formulaic, and it's it's. I just think it's boring. It, you know what I would love to see them do, but they it never in in, in hell would it happen. I want to see them kill off a major character. Like I'm yeah, talking like Rick, Rick or Michonne. Rick or Michonne or Daryl. One of those three. Daryl would be the easiest because he's not in the comics. Right. Right. But I want I want to see them their their mortal existence ended, but I want them to stay on the show. I want to see a subplot with say Daryl wandering around as a zombie and they uh. the the group won't kill him 
they won't put him to rest because they're they're heartbroken. What for whatever reason, write it into the story. You can make it work. But just have Daryl wandering around, intersecting into the narrative at various points. Keep him on the show, but just make him a zombie. I think that would be an awesome subplot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But, but in the well, listen to me. In the real world, in in the 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 construct that is the Walking Dead, it could happen. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be neat. Or let's kill um, Carl. Kill Carl off. And Rick can't do anything because, oh, my God, it's my son. I can't bring myself to kill him, blah, blah, blah. And just have Carl wander his ass around. Well, then he becomes the, the then he becomes the, uh, the mayor or the, what was it, the, from the beginning, the general, the admiral. What was governor? it? Governor. Thank you. Yeah. But, I, I mean, like, have a story built around the, the wanderings of the zombie. No, mm. don't just have him, like pop into a scene now and then just build a right. build a subplot around him just kind of like a uh zombie gump where he's intersecting various points in the narrative and and has an effect over the the narrative you know what i mean i think it would be cool mm-hmm. but you'd never see it whatever i agree i don't think you're going to see it <laughs> Whatever. I'm done Whatever. with it. I'm done with it. Well, the point being, you have some extra time yeah. in your TV watching schedule. Yes. What's this um, DC crossover thing you guys are watching? Oh, um, well, I don't want to talk about it because I'm only halfway through it. But oh. uh, yeah, so, but it's Crisis on Earth X, which is the, um, the 53rd. Earth, the 53rd universe. Yeah. The CW has been doing these crossovers the last few years now that they have multiple shows. Uh, last year they had their first four show crossover, and it was okay. I didn't think it's it was the great. Dominators. Yeah, I didn't think it was great. But um, this is the second foray. It, it's, uh, it is The Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. And I must say, I think um, I'm only halfway through, but I thought it was fantastic. I think it's fantastic so far. Even though it's, it's Legends? Yes. Well, well Legends is the last of the four, and yeah. I, I haven't seen it, so I can't wait in, but I will say that based on comments I've seen from Daryl and a few other people, while everyone admits Legends of Tomorrow is a terrible show, um, probably because this was all put together by one showrunner, um, in this particular case, they do a nice job. Huh. They, it's, it, was a, it was presented as a two-night event because... The shows are usually Supergirl is Monday, Flash and Legends are on Tuesday nights, and an Arrow is on Thursday. So they move nice. Arrow to follow Supergirl. So you got two hours Monday night, you got the other two hours on Tuesday night. So Legends does wrap it up, but it's not it's not written so that here's a Supergirl episode, and then at the end of it a bunch of heroes show up and then here's basically a flash centric episode. And we just see things from his point of view, everybody you wouldn't, you wouldn't know if you're watching hour three, you wouldn't know if you were actually watching arrow or the flash. It was, it was so well, it, it's basically like just a four hour movie. It, it, the way it was, the way it was presented was done really well. The, the, the premises that um, Barry and Iris are going to get married 
they've sent out the invites. Uh, Supergirl, Kara wasn't sure if she was going to go, uh, but since she and her sister Alex are uh, both not with plus ones at the moment, they decide to shake off the doldrums and 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 leave the house and leave, leave their planet and go to the other earth for the wedding. Uh, Ollie and Felicity decide to go to the wedding and, um, and basically most of the legends were also invited. So everybody shows up to, to attend the wedding. And that's when, um, that's when our, uh, the metas of this Nazi universe show up and, and wreak havoc. And it was a pretty, they didn't just show up because, Hey, let's have a fight. Um, there, there's actually a reason, a purpose for them to, to invade, uh, this earth and, and everything, um, played, uh, fell into place according to plan. And, and it, uh, it was, it was done really well. And, and, and everything that happens in the episodes, actually, um, I did not watch this week's episode of Supergirl yet, but as far as what happens in the flash and Alara was tonight, I didn't see that yet. And what happens in the legends of tomorrow portions of the crossover have uh, ramifications that, um, there was no resetting everything at the end of it. If there, if any, if something happens to a character in one of those four episodes, it, um, it continues to plays out in, in their regular series. So it wasn't, uh, there wasn't basically a whole ratings grab where we're just going to have everybody team up there. They're, it actually continued the stories that were going on in their, in their own series. It sounds it like fun. Yeah, it is. And our girl, Melissa Benwist is uh front and center times two. And, and she, uh, as is uh, Stephen Amell. Yeah. And, and, uh, I was, I was a little bummed about one recurring character basically show for like 10 minutes but uh there was um some of the comments i've seen online is that crisis on earth x is is kind of what people who went to see justice league would have kind of wanted to see and and didn't quite get it but i i think that was more of a of a jab at people who, who were looking for something entertaining or fun or what have you but it's a uh it was it it, it was a lot of fun and then this week uh, is is everybody's mid season finale? So, uh, Flash ended on a cliffhanger. That'll be back um, in a few weeks. Um, Flash has been great this season after a, 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 a truly disappointing season last year. Yes. Oh, with it, agreed. Times ten. But it was. And what I've I I hate the outfit, but um, mm-hmm. I appreciate the actor. And and I think he is super fitting for the part, but but I absolutely love the addition of Ralph Dibney on the Flash. Yes, yeah, it's it's been fantastic having having him on the show. Yeah, Vince, what else did you read besides Panther? Oh boy, do I have to go again? Because I wasn't. Well, I mean, you don't have to go. No, I uh, no. <laughs> To the to be honest, I I read a couple of singles that I was gonna save mm-hmm. for my uh, for my interview. Yeah, all right. I uh, um, 
I read the second issue of the um, new, all new, all amazing, all fantastic uh, Doctor Strange by Mr. Donnie Cates and beautifully illustrated by um, Gabriel Hernandez Walta. Uh, colors by Jordy. It continues where we left off with uh, Dr. Doolittle Strange, and we find out a little bit more. Actually, no, we kind of don't. We we still don't know what it is that caused um, Stephen to pass the mantle right. of Sorcerer Supreme right. over to Loki. Um, but we get a little bit of backstory as far as what, what Stephen's been up to. And, and uh, there was a character that was introduced in 381, um, a, uh, a bloodhound who goes by the name Bats, who, um, while Stephen is in the, um, in the room with a cat and the cat's owners, Bats comes walking in and uh, starts talking to Doctor Strange and these two people are just like besides themselves they don't, I, they don't understand how obviously a, a, a dog is in this room talking mm-hmm. um, and then Bats realizes that you know he kind of overstepped because you know I, I interrupted because you're in the middle of, of, of a consultation but uh, obviously these people aren't used to hearing a dog talk so I'm going to kind of let myself out and um and and strange basically tells him listen it's not so much that that you were um you were hearing this dog speak english you were you were hearing you were just you were able to understand dog and uh it's a pretty simple translation spell um and these people are still just like eyes all wide and 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 are stunned and and shocked still um so they just take their cat and they just like storm out. But the uh, Loki is trying to get inside. He's trying to open this door. He knows there's something behind this door. He can't open it. He's trying everything. He's even trying the uh, the the rifles, the the, the machine guns that uh, Scourge used um, <laughs> from from the Simonson run and, and from the movie. And he um, it's. We, we 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 know why strange can't we we have an idea as to why strange won't let can't have that door open and he thought everything was in place and safe and and nothing um there was no danger for loki to ever uh, open that door um but steven couldn't foresee everything and and now he's trying to um interject himself in between loki and Zelma, his former assistant, who has stuck around to help Loki. Uh, and apparently, when Steven stopped being the Sorcerer Supreme, he kind of didn't really let Zelma know. And, and it's almost like he kind of just disappeared from her life. And uh, no note, no, no, no phone call. Just um, he kind of just up and vanished and she is not real pleased with him and uh 
there's a little bit of a confrontation between Loki and Steven. Um, something happens that I wasn't expecting, didn't want to see happen, and, and I'm not really happy about it. Uh, but that's supposedly that's not the big takeaway of this issue. That's not the most important thing that ha- happens in this issue. The most important thing is Steven is obviously going to need help to make sure Loki does not open this door. Uh, so he goes to find someone who we haven't seen in, um, in a very long time. And, um, is it something that should, I know I, I'm pretty sure Vince won't care. Is it something that should be said? Is it something that should be spoiled? What's that? Hmm? Do you want to know what's on the last page of this issue? Of oh, I saw what was on the last page. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I yeah. read it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I have okay. it right here. Um, so it doesn't. It answers the question: Why they're soliciting a trade paperback collecting this character's? Um, oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so Stephen climbs a cliff and and is face to face with uh, with someone that um, he. He that 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 Doctor Strange had fixed, um, but Stephen needs this person. Actually, that doesn't so much need this person. Needs the person kind of um, hidden within, and and uh, it's it's pretty much the return of the century. When was the last time we saw him? I I don't know. Yeah. Was it Bendis' Avengers? Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was. Wow. I'm looking at the cover here. Del Mundo loves his digital signature so much, he put it on the cover twice. (laughs) He really did. Yeah, he probably dropped it on and forgot. Like, he probably put it on on the cape first and then did whatever he was doing and then, oh, forgot my signature, and then he dropped it again. But he, he he signed it twice. It's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> so are we not gonna we're not gonna spoil the the character after all that? <sighs> I mean, listen, spoil, spoilers are all for Doctor Strange, but it's the century. That's worth this. That's worth unpacking. It's the fucking century. I mean, like, I mean, if there was one controversial component to Bendis's run, it was the century. Yeah. Right. More people hated it than than liked it. That's true. That's uh, yeah. And then they got the rights to Miracle Man, and everyone thought, okay, well, we're never going to see the century again because <laughs> now they don't have to pretend they can use actually the real Miracle Man. Meanwhile, we've seen nothing of Miracle Man since they got the rights back after, except for that jank first shitty papered reprint, and we haven't <laughs> seen know, the he's century. Right? He's you. You're laughing. Oh, it's it's just terrible. No, I'm not laughing. For a I'm, company I'm, that I'm, puts I'm, out like four Omniboo a month, that I've they haven't put out a nice legit. Miracle Man Omnibus is ridiculous, but anyway. Um, so yes, yeah, the freaking century. I was baffled. I was too. But you know what? We shouldn't. And I'm not really... even mad at it. Like I, it's been long enough. I'm like, all right. Well, let's see what's up with this. No, I mean, I can, I can trust. I mean, I, I think, I, century is, I think, a character because of, um, I think it's a character that would work well, um. That Cates would have a pretty good. I mean, considering what we've seen, Donnie Wright and and the characters he's he's used in his his past books, um, I'd be interested to see see his take on the character. I'm not a fan of the Sentry. I I, I it, it's not like anybody was really clamoring for his return, but obviously, 
Donnie feels that the character will work with this particular story. And, and I'm, I'm more than willing to give the benefit of the doubt. But as far as the Marvel Universe goes, the Sentry is more messed up than Moonlight. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's not right. No, he's not. He's and, not um, right. Well, what I was going to say is that we were given Bendis props for the Sentry. The Sentry's Paul Jenkins, baby. Paul Jenkins. Well, yeah. The yeah. First, oh, hell yeah. to the yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but right. I mean, it, it's, that was the creator, but I mean, Bendis did more with the character, I think, than Paul did. But, right. but yes, we, we can't think Only Paul because he worked on it back. longer. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm, I, I'm a fan of the Sentry. I had my run of the, the miniseries and, or the whatever, how many issues it was, and, and all um, assorted titles bound. I, I, I think the character's great. He's, You're hardcore. Yes, you did. He's, he's uh, nuttier than a fruitcake. That is true. Evocative of oneself. Well, yeah. But what better million to put him into than Doctor Strange? Yeah. There, there's obviously tatters um, in, in the gray matter, and Strange is going to use whatever that is for whatever reason. I mean, I just think it's it, it works. If that was... Hyperion or something, it wouldn't. It would be like, yeah, whatever. You know? Oh yeah, no, no. We right. need, you no, need somebody not right in the head. Yeah, right. It's the characters. He's broken, which yeah. uh, and and spiritually and um, supernaturally broken. Right. So I just think it works well with with Doctor Strange. As agree. Yeah. Um, I gotta give a just a just a quick shout out to. DC for the annuals that they've been putting out. Yeah, I mean, Dap sung deservedly sung the praises of the uh, of the Batman annual last week, um, but the other two that I've read have been freaking great too. Um, Aquaman, which I have been reading ongoing. I know we all talked about this the Stepan Sajic run. Um, this annual was um, was a sight to behold. It was it was. Uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Max Fiumara. And it is a fucking jaw dropping. I mean, Fiumara is right in the same camp as my boy, David Rubin and Paul Pope. He's, he's in that same school and that is just my sweet spot. You draw like that. Even if you're derivative of a derivative, I'm with you. So, um, and it's set in the future and you got like, Mad Grizzly, uh, Aquaman, and you got uh, you got Hal Jordan, who's lost an arm. So of course his arm's now a construct. Um, it's great. It's great. I mean the visuals are fucking great, and it's a little one and done. It's just awesome. Spider, um, not Spider Man. Jesus, uh, Superman co-stars in the book. Wonder Woman co-stars in the book. It's a great little adventure. Um, the bats is in it. It's it's freaking awesome. It is an awesome issue. It's a it's a fantastic one shot. It just looks great. I I would love to. I own very few DC pages, and I would love to own a page from this from this issue. Well, it's freaking great. You've mm-hmm. read a lot of Max Fiumara before. Yeah, yeah, you know, I know, but we haven't I haven't seen him in a while though. Oh, because like Ape Sapien. Yeah, but I don't read much Ape Sapien though. Oh, how come? I don't know. I mean, I'm just so behind on the. I mean, I'm probably four years behind on BPRD, and 
you know, just just one of those things, man. You know, the Rajan, not for lack of quality. Uh, and then the other one, I'm wondering, Dap, if you've read it, and I guess I should have checked Slack, but um, the Super Sons Annual. Yes, that was my next thing. Yes. Oh yes, my yes. God, dude. I I was I, I yes I wrote oh, that. Peter Peter J Tomasi, uh, the writer. My man, blast from the past. I mean, I know he's been doing stuff, but I haven't talked yes. about him in a long time. Paul Pelletier. Yeah. Um, he was one of my first ever OA Dale Lances. I bought two pages from him ridiculously cheap from Guardians of the Galaxy many years ago. Um, but Paul Pelletier, uh, Cam Smith on inks, Hi-Fi does the colors. Uh, there's actually multiple letters. But um been really enjoying this book. I know we haven't talked about it a ton. Dap praised it, and then I... I I caught up after his praises, and I, I acknowledged that I had caught up, I think, through issue seven or eight, and was really enjoying Super Sons. I think it's a super fun book. Um, it's the same kind of book that, like, Teen Titans should be, but isn't. Um, <laughs> it's true. No, I mean, it's like, true. No, it's, it's, oh, no, he's it's not fun. wrong. And this issue is um, focusing largely on crypto, the Super oh, Doge. The super Pets. Well, yeah, no, you're right. I guess he's, but I just view him as, like, the main. The main oh, hero. Same here. Detective Chimp is in it. Um, yes, there's there's Bat Cow and Streaky and um, I didn't do. Tell me that cr- Clay Critter is a new thing because that's the fucking best thing ever. <laughs> Clay Critter looks like it almost looks like um, Proto from uh, the, the the old the old Supergirl. Um, Vince Clay Critter's like a pet version of Clayface. And so it's, so badass. Yeah, I mean, every, basically they 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 try to bring the um. There's Bat Hound right back together. There's Bat Hound. So there's eight. There's Bat Hound, bat Crypto cow. Bat Hound, Bat Cow, Flexi the Plastic. Yes, bird. Flexi the Plastic Bird. That is freaking great. Uh, I need a I need a I need a Super Pets comic after the reading this issue. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, it man. Was, it was. It absolutely was. It, it's um, and there's there's very little human. I mean, there's the humans kind of frame it. It. it, it John and, and Damien uh, kick the issue off, and but it is pretty much told from from the point of view of the animals. There's very little um, English in the book for you to read. The the, you, the the dogs are barking or growling or Streaky is hissing, and um, you can kind of based on everybody's reactions and and expressions. Um, at some point, Streaky and Crypto kind of had a falling out. And, uh, and she, she's kind of, um, impressed with bat hound these days, but she's still, uh, it looks as though she's a a bitch like all cats are right. And, uh, but it is, is, you know, crypto's just like, I got a fucking job to do and, 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 and it's mission first for him. Um, and, and because he's flying and yokes up bat hound by the, by by the lead so they can go flying somewhere and bat is just kind of like flopping around in the sky. And, uh, it's, Basically, the the gist is pets have gone missing. Someone has just straight up is straight up stealing pets, um, but for a reason, uh, at least from his point of view. But uh, our heroes uh, kind of get to the bottom of it and 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 work on on saving the day. But it it looks fantastic. It's um. It's a real cool read, and and you know if if you are a uh, if you're a pet lover, um, you'll you'll definitely dig this. But because it's written by Tomasi, you still get that that interaction between uh, the 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 Super Sons, and and it's um, it's it's solid all around. 
It really is. And, and I, like I said, I think that DC's three for three in the annuals that I read. I don't know if they did in the others um, in conjunction with this fifth week type of thing. But uh, this is how you should do annuals, man. You know, just you mean not like one, Atlantis attacks or, or. Yeah. Well, I liked those when they were, well, I, I, I mean, th- those were nostalgic. I mean, those, those little mini events that tied in, but, but, but this is a different time. And I just think that ultimately annuals are fifth week stuff and filler generally, but at least in these cases, they didn't make you feel like they were filler. Yeah. They're, they're their own things. You don't need to read them. You can certainly skip them. If you're reading the ongoings, you won't be any worse for wear, but, but, but they were each fulfilling in their own way. And, well, that's uh, the trick, got, right? To yeah, keep, keep yeah. it in continuity or extend the continuity and make it its own little thing. Yep. You're right. For a lot of years, annuals were like, yeah, we can skip that because it's really not going to matter. Mm-hmm. But if if you can keep it within the, the overall storyline and make it fun and, and just, you know, uh, get somebody to read it, I think the recipe's right there. Mm-hmm. Don't don't make it its own little thing that can be ignored, or that you have to buy five different books to get the whole story. Right? Yeah. We're on to your little games. <laughs> <laughs> it only took us fifty years, but we're on to it. We're on to it. Y'all caught up on the Redlands? I am uh, not. I don't know what it's called up mean. Five up to issue four. Oh no, I'm on. I'm on. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> well, I've it only read up to five. Four. Four. Yeah, no, that's fine. I be, well because I have. I only have whatever the hell just came in the last box. But yeah, I mean, I've I've only read up to four. Nope. Okay then. Um, I read up to three. Now, for lack of interest, they're both sitting here. At, uh, oh yeah, no. I mean, I, I just I was I was surprised at 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 a direction. It went in. I, I wasn't expecting something to, to happen so quickly, which is is vague AF and, and that's intentional. But I, I uh, yeah, I, I just after the first two issues, I expected some some long drawn out not 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 in a bad way, but but I wasn't expecting um, someone to just kind of meet their end the way they did. And because of the type of story it is and the sisters, I, I, I'm pretty sure you know things will play out. Differently, it's not going to be so cut and dry. But I just, again, I, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Well, that's a very good thing, right? When you weren't expecting it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. It's, it's, you know, it's not like, and 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 it, seriously, it's not like we can say, oh, you know, this is, this is, you know, this is classic Jordy. This is, this is, this is what she always goes back to. She tries to pull this trick out of her head, and it's, I mean, this is, we don't know where because she, she is a new writer. Um, it it's uncharted territory for me. So whatever she wants to do, um, sure, I'm 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 game. But it's it's yeah no it 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 absolutely it just it was one of those things where I was just like okay that's that was okay that that's cool because I mean because you know, sometimes you read other comics and you're like well why why wouldn't he why wouldn't she why wouldn't this person why is this person still alive if you want to say it that way but um it was it was nifty so let's make mm-hmm. a pact, Mister Price. I talked about it, yeah. but I was, as you uh, just said, vague AF. We got to get the beautiful death out there. Because well, you, you now it, have all three, I, right? I have the first three. 
There's two issues left to go. Do you want right. to just you, you want to dive into what what we've got so far? Or you want to wait for it to finish? Well, no, because I just got number three in my I box, did and I didn't oh, and I didn't read it. it. So, um, did you read the first issue? No. Okay, that's what I was saying. I don't want to talk about it because you didn't you didn't get there. So let's for next episode, let's have all three of them to date. We'll we'll read them. Okay, you got it. Because you will be you will be surprised with that oh, first okay. issue. Yes. So Vince, say what? I read Savage Dragon two twenty nine, son. What did I? And oh, Jesus, <laughs> I, didn't you guys talk about it? Or, you didn't read it, Vince? It just came out. I know. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's his best book of the year of ever. But I know we read it well, before. I just have two things to say about it. One, the X rated. Stuff continues. Oh, what? Good. And what else? Maxine is once again drinking the uh, the jizz slurry. Gobbling yeah. <laughs> it up. She's going to get superpowered. She has to. Um, well, actually, I have three things to say. Two. They resolve the question that I posed to you last issue, which was if dude can heal like Wolverine. Yeah, how's a vasectomy gonna stick? Yeah, it didn't. Uh. <laughs> and three, and this is where I gotta keep one on it. Uh huh. The art is a massive yes. step down yeah. from the last yeah. issue. And I Shut think I know why. Mouth. No, no, bro. No, no man, it's no. mad rush, dude. You can't convince me he didn't. He didn't feel. Th- th- just as you were praising how much he was paying attention to the art in the, in the last run, I don't know what happened with this issue, but it is way rougher and way it's, less detailed. It's it's comic noticeably so. It's yeah, it's it's not. I mean, there's some some figures that are like, okay, well, he took his time with that one, and and but there are others where it's just like they're, they're almost like breakdowns. They're roughs. Exactly. It's, it's some it's, of the pages look like breakdowns. I agree. Exactly. Yep. And and I think it's because, as he says in the letters page. Um, hot on the heels of 228 Savage Dragon 229 trying my best to catch up so that my Christmas issue can actually go on sale prior to the holiday so he he probably did do his best to get this done quickly and, and in, in that regard it suffers somewhat compared to the previous issue It's it still tells the story you still see what everything is and but it's there's there's a lot of um there's yeah it's it's rough mm-hmm. I'm looking at it now it yeah it <laughs> doesn't it, it doesn't have the the uh, sharpness the what we were saying the polish last time right I but, mean look at pages 16 17 18 19 and I rest my case 16 17 18 19 huh yeah there's the one close up of Malcolm, which is fine, but then I mean, you see in the backgrounds, and it's just like it's. Mm. But even and by look the, at way, the first couple of pages. With all that said, I enjoyed the issue a lot. Like I'm, yes. I'm on board. I'm going to keep reading. I, I found the issue fun. It was still fun. Maxine cracks me up. Um, the, the adventure was still there. The, the the pacing was still there. I just, but whereas I I genuinely thought two twenty six, twenty seven, and twenty eight were beautiful issues. Larson looking as good as ever. I think this looks more like Larson when he's not so much caring. I mean, so. even when Maxine's at, at at the at the doctor's office, it's that yeah. that's that's extremely. 
I like the looseness of it. Whatever. That's <laughs> right. And, that's, and 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 you know, yes, but that's it. That that's loose. Whereas last issue wasn't as loose. And and but well, it still it yeah. still looks like it still it still gets the point across, and that's and that's absolutely fine. But. If, yeah, I still recommend it. I, I, right, I still yes. think it's fun, and I'm, I'm glad you to be reading it. You guys are making me chuckle a little bit because this is a frequent occurrence in, in Dragon. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm acknowledging you. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned, but to be fair, though, if you're gonna if you're gonna play that card, to be fair, when we talked about it last week, you said that you made reference to the fact that there have been times when Eric sure. has rushed yeah. and he had been taking his time lately. So that's what I'm saying. It feels like. And I guess Dap, I didn't read the letters column, so I guess Dap zeroed in on it. He gots to. He had to catch up. Yeah, you gots to read the letter column. It's great. I, it's one of the last vestiges of the... my friend for a decade now. I don't, yeah. I don't like extras on DVDs. Oh, I don't like Baffling. director commentary. I don't read my letters. My heart, columns. my heart, my heart. I know. I, I want know. to enjoy the work for, for the work. I, I don't care what other people think of the work. Well, I care what the, the creator, creator thinks of the work. Yeah. Right. I don't. I do. Um, at least in this instance. And our buddy, uh, Dominic Regan, is on colors in the Aquaria backup. Look at that. This is great. Yes. Oh, so good. I'm going to have to read this real quick. Um, but, yeah, it's it's more um, more naughtiness. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is a freak. The poop cafe. Yeah. Because we ain't here. You yeah, should be fun. She is a freak, but I like the, the dirty escapades. God help me. I don't want them every issue. Like, let's find out why Maxine is like this. Resolve this little subplot they got going on. Not Not quickly. But I don't want it to be next year at this time. She's still a freak. Like there has to be a reason why she's like this. You know, because it, it was pretty. It was fairly abrupt. Like we were introduced to the character. The, she got connected to Malcolm. Great. The, this this getting jiggy with it is is a recent development. I want to know why. Give me a give me a, a a a believable reason other than she's freaky. Like. You can't, it, it, in terms of story, you, you can't have a character that's presented like this and then for no apparent reason they turn to this. Give me a, give me a reason and then I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, it's always been that Malcolm likes to get down with the ladies. He always has. Right. But Maxine, not so much. I want to know why. And she got gigantic nipples. She does, but she's Asian, so. She's this skinny little thing. She's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure, though, about the whole sailor outfit. It makes it look a little bit too young. No, it's okay. It's a, of course it is for you. And I like Charlie's Angels in Dimension X. That's a cool subplot. I like it a lot. But but see, and that's and that was the first thing where I was like, okay, I... I thought maybe these were alternate versions because especially the second panel that looks like a, a cartoon version of a character from an alternate universe. That doesn't, it, it, it took me a second to realize that like, is this supposed to look like one of the three women from last month? He does that. I, and he okay. That. And that's, and it's, it's, 
So these are little things you pick up on, I guess. But it's it was just it was it was an off putting. I was just it was surprising more than anything else. Yeah. But you're not wrong. So, a- Angel and Mama are alternate versions. But like I yes. said, when we have a whole lot of time, we'll speak on it. All right. Be, be what I did last summer. Speak on it. <laughs> Uh, do I need to? I'm not going to pull the dirty images from this. No, just 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 the just the cover, just the tip, just the tip, right? The tip of his finger. Mm. Like the one on her on the cover. That's what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. Right. I see. I Love see what some. you did. Well, let's bring you're this off, bad Angel. boy home. You want to bring it home? Bring it in the station. Yeah. Can Can we um? That's Can we just uh, do a, an announcement or two? Take care of some business. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. Okay. Um, I want to address something. I want to get out in front of something because I see it's blown up on the twitters. We talked about it a little bit this 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 afternoon, but I do think it's something that probably needs addressing head on. Um, we have been incredibly grateful and support and 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 have enjoyed and hopefully it's been reciprocal our um, our Patreon setup. Um, for those that don't know, maybe, maybe you don't care, but if you do care, um, the way Patreon works, at least at present is you all graciously pledge to us. We pay a fee from that pledge to Patreon. And then we pay a fee from that pledge for processing of the charge. It roughly equates to about 8% of your pledge. So you, you, you pledge 10 bucks as as part of that tier, you, you basically Patreon takes eighty cents of that ten bucks for fees. Totally fine, you know it is what it is. Um, they have announced today that they are going to be charging pay, uh, pledges, pl- uh, p- patrons. They're going to be charging patrons a fee now on top of the fees they charge the creators like ourselves. So they'll be taking a fee from both ends. The fee is going to be, I think, 2.9% of your pledge and another 30 or $0.35. Cents. Um, and I'm bringing it up proactively because uh, already three or four people uh, that we're friends with brought it up to us. And I see there's a ton of Twitter discussion about it in general about Patreon, not, not related to the show. Um so just I just wanted to say a couple things, and I'm sure I'm speaking for you guys too. I mean, we haven't this wasn't rehearsed, we didn't plan this, but um, number one, I think it's jank. I, I don't I, I don't personally think that this business model long term should be in the habit of charging the patrons. Um, I don't think that's right. Uh, I don't think you should charge both sides of a transaction. Uh, I I also would say that if we had the choice, we would gladly. Um, Absorb that cost. You know, if we had the choice of like, okay, now 11% goes to Patreon instead of eight, I think you guys would both agree we would just take that. We wouldn't like, so you guys don't have to pay a markup. Right. Um, as of right now, um, Patreon's not offering that. I hope and suspect they're going to change that because they're getting a lot of pushback. Um, the business guy in me s- says that's a bit concerning that they're doing this because. To me, this means that they are trying desperately to raise their revenues, which makes you wonder how they're doing overall. Um, so the long and the short of it is, 
for right now, starting, I think, at the end of the year, so starting for January 1st pledges and beyond, there's going to be a fee. And as of right now, there's nothing we can do to defer that fee or remove that fee. Um, I think what a lot of creators will do, and we can talk about it offline in the next few weeks and figure it out, is perhaps alter the tiers so that, like, um, you know, a, a ten dollar pledge, you can now pledge nine fifty, right? And then you're charged ten bucks, you know, that type of thing. Um, I don't know if it makes sense to bother doing that. To not do that, we'll have to talk about it. Um, but again, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to ignore it because if I were on the other, as someone who does, who is a patron to other Patreon campaigns, um, you know, I, I would be a little frustrated at this turn of events and, uh, you know, make no mistake. We, 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 we greatly appreciate, and it's, it's become a, uh, a not insignificant, you know, part of, of, of the show's budget for lots of things now. So we, we do appreciate it, but I, I just, I didn't want you to like, I wanted to make it clear that like, we have nothing to, to do with it and we can't for right now, as we're talking, we have no power over changing it, but hopefully they'll be getting enough pushback that either it will go away or they'll, they'll allow us to, internalize that extra cost so just flesh this out for me mm-hmm. the increase to the patrons doesn't make because from from what i read that pa- patreon said okay we want to make sure all our creative types are getting their funding so right. this is what we're going to do we're going to charge two point whatever percent it is to the patrons the fee that we pay patron patreon isn't going away no that's so, right that's so why this that bullshit, was bullshit is is they're on top. raising their fees so what they're really saying without saying it is we we need or want to raise our fees and we don't think we can charge the patron or the creators any more than we already charge them so in order to not charge them anymore we're going to start charging you the Patreon. So the they're Patreons. coming to the table under the guise like, yeah, we want to see our artsy people get paid, but we right. need more money. Right. right. This, this all bullshit. this does is add this adds this adds another three and a half to four percent to Patreon. It it's does bullshit. nothing for the creators. It's bullshit. And in fact, let's be honest, it hurts the creators because there will be some hopefully small fraction, um, but there will be some people that on principle will not be patrons anymore because they're going to feel I, some kind of way. I can't say that I blame them. Right. Right. And that's why I wanted to get out in front of it. So those of you that are gracious enough to support us and we, you know, hopefully I hope you realize we greatly appreciate it. We would ask that you not react in anger over this. Um, that we're aware of it too. And lots of creators are upset about it. And I presume Patreon is going to listen. Um, and if they don't, then, you know, we'll have to consider, you know what, what our alternatives are, whether it be changing our our tiers to account for that, so you don't you can kind of adjust or for whatever. We'll figure that out, but just give us some time because again, we're right now. I think the focus is to um, if you have the energy and you're a pay, like like email email or contact customer service to Patreon and express your your discontent with this. I know the creators are all doing the same. If enough creators and enough patrons express it to them. Look, money talks. I think they will retrench from this or they will change it. But unless we all speak up, you know, that is going to be the status quo starting in 18. That's crazy. Yep. 
Well, it's good to know that some status quos don't change because if you don't want to spend a lot of money on your comics, there's only one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, it has been, it will always be the only place to go for inexpensive, funny booking, such as Beef from Imaged, number one, uh, $1.99, from Black Mask, Come Into Me. Number one, mm-hmm. and uh, for two dollars and no, uh, you did get the Peter Crash Frampton into reference. me, baby. Oh. <laughs> and I come into hush, you. I'll be two dollars and nineteen cents, and uh, from Aftershock, Jimmy's Bastards trade paperback volume one for a lousy eight dollars and twenty four cents. Yeah, ain't can't do without it. Um. I'm gonna be Jason for a second. Uh oh. And oh, you well hung motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, in breaking. in your travels, I would like to recommend something that's not comic related, at least not comic books, but um, comedy, so to speak. Uh, if you got the Netflix, comedy's nuts. Watch the Jim Carrey Andy Kaufman documentary. It's, at least you didn't say the Louis C.K. special. No, I don't. I don't know no Louis C.K. Um, it's amazing. Uh, it focuses on uh, Jim's time playing Andy Kaufman in the Man on the Moon movie. He came, became so entrenched in the character that he believed himself to be Andy. Would not answer to Jim, Mr. Carey, Jim Carey. That person was gone, and Andy and his various characters took control. He got so enveloped in that world and Andy and the, the the person that was Andy Kaufman that he after the movie had ended he had to remember what it was like to be Jim Carrey it's amazing and yeah, I the, the uh this the footage has been um hidden from public consumption for well since the movie was made that's what 20 years 15 20 yeah. years whatever uh, because the studio didn't want it getting out because the public would think Jim Carrey was an asshole and or crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, method acting to the max. Like he is, he becomes Andy Kaufman. I thought it was fabulous, amazing documentary. Uh, Jim pretty much um, lays it all out, unabashed, unapologetic. Uh, judge him as you will. This is what he did to get this movie done. And... A lot of people were not pleased with him, but so watch it. It's on the Netflix. Um, in your travels, I got two things. Um, I was uh, opened my box, and the first thing I pulled out was issue number two of Infernoct by uh, <laughs> Mina Elwell and Eli Powell, colors by Tristan Elwell, letters by Marshall Dillon. This town's only big enough for one of us, uh, but it is more of the same dark, disturbing uh, goings-on that we witnessed in the first issue of Infernoct. I'm so glad I got in on this series. It's my wheelhouse. Everyone knows where that resides, right? And this is firmly within my wheelhouse. It is, whew, it's disturbing. Um there is a thread going through this about 
trauma and um, sleep-related um, maladies. And it's just, I, I don't really know where the story's going yet. There is a, a town with inbred folk in it that uh, Sam uh, visits and you can't tell what's real and what's not. There's a giant spider that um, makes an appearance and then goes away and Sam is doing something and thinks that she's attacking the giant spider when it was not, let's just say. It's something different. But uh, really super mark-making by uh, Eli Powell. It's it's really great stuff. It's from Scout Comics, Infernoct number two. And um, Dap, you didn't finish the Minky Woodcock girl who handcuffed Houdini, or you did? No, I just started flipping through before okay. we started tonight. All right. I didn't finish it. It's sexy as hell. Can you agree with me on that? Yes. Uh, the artwork is by Cynthia Von Bueller. And it is a refreshing, different um, visual aesthetic. I'm almost um, thinking that the narrative was written by Alan Moore because this is the type of artwork that would accompany um, certain Alan Moore works. Do you agree with me on that, too? I, I will let you know. Okay. But, I didn't um, do any reading. Yeah, I'm halfway through, and I'm just all kinds of surprised. I didn't expect. I didn't expect, expect this at all. And there's an Agatha Christie angle to it, too. Which is kind of oh, cool, and I I did spring for the Robert McGinnis cover. Uh, I believe I did too. Uh, yes, I definitely did. Nice. Uh, but I don't want to get too specific on either of these, the Infernoct or the Mickey Woodcock, because my my buddies haven't read them. So, or maybe Dap will read them. But wow. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll talk. Christmas. We'll talk more. Merry when, New Year. Merry New Year. Merry New Year. Ho ho. Uh, take it away. Uh, firstly, um, since Patreon was brought up, you have. Um, they are going to hear this. This will be available Friday morning, right? Oh hell yes. Okay. Mm. Well, just want to make sure because you only have until Friday, late afternoon, Friday, 5 p.m. Those of you who are eligible to vote for the December book of the month, voting ends on Friday at 5 o'clock. I love how much it's on silent, but no, no, son. If I want to say something, I'm going to fucking chime. So I was going to say because Vince is laughing thinking that's me and that is not me with the truth. No, it is. No, that is, that, I, I'm so fucking heated at this thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to. Um, Go ahead. Did you see the cover of the day today? I did. <laughs> <laughs> did. You made me all happy. That's in the ranking of uh, my favorite Amazing Spider Man cover. 
That's up of there. Of course it is. That is up there. It is, yes. Yes. No, it's 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 a beauty. I'm surprised. I mean I I mean, yeah, it took 114 days to get this cover up here, but you know, it's cool. I mean, uh, you know. Well, it, I was it, trying to go a little bit left field on a lot of the stuff. Little. A little bit. And and you know what? And mad props because everybody loves the curve of the day. Everybody I mean, they, 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 on Twitter, on the Facebook group, um, you get mad love from us for doing it, but uh from from everybody who's able to see them, they all uh they you knock it out of the park. So good well, on you. It it shall continue, just like the streak with the show. Just like I, this I won't stop like doing the, the covers of the day. Okay. Yeah. So so you're saying the cover of the day will never go on vacation. Well, I don't see how but it, there may be some time that, right. that there's because sometimes that Vince does. Right. I don't see how I can oh. when when thanks to you there are ways <laughs> to it's a trip. Uh, you just can't take credit for shit. Um, the December book of the month. This was uh, this was a fun one because I just threw a bunch of things up there, and I am glad that everything has been voted on. Um, I'm stunned. At what? At the 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 forerunner. I'm stunned. Really? Yeah. Really? I don't think. Uh, your 11 choices this month include Criminal Volume 1, Coward, Electra Assassin, The Golden Age, Gotham Central, Book 1 in the Line of Duty, JLA Year 1, Marvel Boy, The Meta Barons, Volume 1, Othon and Honorata, and Runaways, Volume 1. Pride and Joy, The Sixth Gun, Volume 1, Cold Dead Fingers, X-Factor, Volume 0, Madrox, Multiple Choice, and Why the Last Man, Book 1. As of right now, in the lead, uh, almost a commanding lead, I'm, and, and, yeah, and this much. is recent, because this is pretty much in the past few hours, past couple of days, because for a while, it was very close. Uh, second uh, numbers two and three were pretty much tied for second place, but as of right now, at twenty percent, the Meta Barons and and I have it right here next to me, ready to be read when it does win tomorrow. Uh, so we can speak on that. Um, speak on it. On the twenty eighth of December. I got the absolute. Yes, we we have a, a bunch of business of the next few weeks to take care of. Um, so each episode will have a little twist to it. Yeah, yeah, we have it. It is our end of the year. You have your eleven o'clockers, and 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 that. Well, that's form. that's in January, right? No, no, but I'm saying, but but people have to. I mean, I don't want any. I don't want to surprise anybody with it, as because we'll right, right, right. We 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 will hint and and remind everybody. Uh, in in the next few episodes to come, um, but that's available at eleven o'clock comics dot com. Um, there's a link also on the Facebook group page. The um, so you have to work on your eleven o'clockers. We have things on our end that we have to uh, take care of. We have mm-hmm. um, we will have a um, 
we have our themed episode, which is our Desert Island picks, our, our 10 Desert Island picks, uh, which we will probably incorporate into our um, Christmas episode. And uh, we'll see how, how that plays out. I mean, Jason already opened up his package from, uh, from, uh, from his EOC gifter. So um, we'll see how the rest of the month plays out. But yeah, I mean, there, there are, and as Jason alluded to, there, there are a couple other things we have planned. Yes, and for those that want to play along at home, we did ask for some ground rules on the 10 Desert Island, and it has to be uh, nine of the 10 have to be works that are in a collected form. So, like, for example, because I'm all giddy that I just got the Akira box set, I couldn't just say Akira because it's yeah. a bunch of different collected editions. Um, but they did, the uh, the kind patrons did say if we were so inclined, we could make one of the 10 a run of single issues that is not in collected form yet. But the other nine have to be collections. Okay. All right. Now, is Vince going to cheat and say, well, I have custom bound volumes that I'm going to bring with Ooh. me? Wow. That's not cheating. That's fine. Um, in your travels. Um, I'm not going to do a comic book this week, but I'm going to do a comic it's getting real. book related item uh, this week. We have talked about um, Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics. Uh, the For many people, probably their favorite episode will happen this coming Monday, which will be about uh-huh. Image Comics. Uh, however, the one that really hit me, hit me hard, uh, but the one that I was really looking forward to and, and uh, had justice done to it was um, the episode titled The Color of Comics, and it is about Milestone Media and, and its, its, uh, its inception and the, the founding fathers of Milestone. Uh, it's pretty much mostly Dennis Cowan on camera talking about it, talking about his friend from from school, uh, Derek Dingle, who was a Milestone founding member. Um, there are interviews with Dwayne McDuffie, which brought a tear to my eye. There were uh, they 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 talked to Priest, they uh, they talked to Michael Davis, and Keith Pollard is on screen. And there are just so many dudes that they talk to, and and they they find a way to fit stand in there because of the Black Panther connection. But everybody was um, it, it's just I. I now have a new, it, it's not really new. It's always been something I've done when we go to cons, but I will, um, God is my witness. I will complete a, uh, a, a milestone set. I, I have, I have a bunch of issues of most of the titles. I do not have any one complete set of any milestone title. Uh, but I will. And, and, uh, I know which issues of icon and and hardware and static I have and uh I will be when you see me at a con back issue diving that will be the the my primary goal is leaving with issues of milestone media. 
but watch um yeah and it, it it's on amc but if you uh i i, I know jason said before some of the uh there have been maybe one or two episodes that were kind of kind of a miss but as far as i'm concerned the uh the one on milestone was was a home run that is uh up in the queue after top chef nice yes looking forward to it um <laughs> excuse me um i read something you haven't read to the audience um it uh i know it's a dick move um it will be out next week oh in it will be on store shelves on wednesday the 13th so you can buy this on the 13th and go see star wars Uh-oh. the next day wow okay nice what? nice burp nice burp in the middle of my uh <laughs> That's never been done before. No, really. He he acts like it's so <laughs> untoward. Oh, how dare you burp while I'm Bunch talking? Of freaking heathens. Let me fix my ascot. Really? Freaking and my, my parasol. Uh, <laughs> he uses yeah, but it in back the house. to the important thing here. I'm trying to trying to pop. I'm trying to pimp a comic, <laughs> bitches. Ah, man, bunch of amateurs. Okay, let's try this again. He's for clapped. On stands next Wednesday, December 13th, from Image Comics, the relaunch of a series that the three of us all waxed poetically about in its first iteration. Story by Mr. John R. Cudi. Mm. What is different this time is the art was by James Heron, no slouch, but they leveled up. Art by David Rubin. I'm talking about Rumble, Volume 2, Number 1. Rathrak is back. This issue is dope as fuck. We get another, we get a quick little synopsis of Rathrak's history, so it is absolutely fine to jump on this if you didn't read the first volume, although shame on you for that, you should read the first volume because it's wonderful. But if you didn't, you don't need to have to jump in here. And so it, it gives us a little synopsis of Rathrak, and then it picks up where the last volume left off. It is dope. I love it. Rubin is the man. He is a worthy successor to Mr. Heron. And uh, I, for one, am extremely happy to have our ancient warrior god uh, in a scarecrow costume back wrecking monster shop. I don't want to get into details because it is again somewhat. I don't think it's embargoed. We got a we got an early preview issue, but uh, I won't get into anything beyond that because it's not out yet. But uh, do pick it up next week. I give you I give you the three thumbs up. Yeah. True that. Dap. Vince. Getting an entire run of static may be expensive. Why you say that? Because from what I can see here, the first issue goes for around eighteen to twenty dollars in the back. I have the first issue. Oh, okay. Oh well, shit on it. And then we're looking at anywhere from three. Yeah, I mean, I I have you know five bucks. I have a couple. Some change that there. I might have one or two still of the various four. I might have them. In a bag, I might have I might have the issue and the skybox trading card and the poly bag and the poster behind the backboard 
in the poly bag. Um, cause I don't, I, I, I read them. So I mean, I, I don't, it, the poly bag wouldn't be a, um, a deal breaker for me because the poly bag was that, that was the direct market version. I, if, if I ended up with a newsstand copy of one of the, of any issue I'm missing, I, I'm not going to cry about it. Don't cry. Try your eye. The newsstand issue goes for about nine bucks, ten bucks. Sweet. Yeah. But that's just because Static was the most high profile of all the characters. So. Well, they, they, they after the pretty much, and, and Dwayne actually says this on the show, more people watched that, or maybe it wasn't Dwayne, but more people watched that first episode of, it may have been Dennis, of, of, Static, of Static Shock on Kids WB more than bought every Milestone comic to date at the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. That's what you have happened. I need you to come in on Saturday and uh, Sunday. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being <laughs> here with us once again. We love to have you, and we will love to have you again next week because we know you're coming back. Because if you don't, you know what happens. Mm-hmm. What Say Dap what? gets all kinds of mad. He does. He gets all bent out of shape. And I like his shape, so don't make him bent. Overclumped. Say goodnight. Creakety creak. Thump thump. Ah, David. Wow. Good night. Creakety creak. Thump thump. Thump David. Not bad. Not bad. I have been worse. Mm, he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Can I go with what you work with? Yeah. It's the tools. It's not the wheel. Exactly. Yeah. Did you get the memo about the TPS reports? What are you talking about? What? He's talking talking about office space. I don't know. Bruh, you've never seen office space? No. Oh, my God. uh, Wait, what? I've never seen it. Have you ever seen Basket Case? No. Yes, of course I have. (laughs) We've talked about it on the show. (laughs) I've never seen office space. Okay? That is fucked. I'm sorry. I've never seen Horrible we're, Bosses. I know we're watching next time we hang out. Like, I Dude, don't... Horrible Bosses in Office Space. Comparing those is like comparing Kirby to fucking uh, Chap Yap. All right? I mean, let's, let's, let's chill our deal, okay? Why you got to shit on Chap Yap? He's, I thought he was your boy. It, but he's not fucking Kirby. No, he's not. No one is. Office Space is high art. Horrible Bosses had Jennifer Anderson as a sexual freak. I'm down with that. Right, but that's the one redeeming part of the whole of the whole movie. Yeah, but I've seen I've seen neither. So, mm. yeah, shame on you. All right, come back, people. We love you and good night. Come together. There we go. Say good night. Say good night. Come on. I have three versions of Icon Number One. What? Dang. Yeah. Overkill. I got like over. I think I have like 28, 28 copies of twenty eight issues of an of icon. Not consecutive. <laughs> twenty eight copies. Twenty eight. Yeah, it's, it's my X Force number one. Cards were a selling point. They really were back then. I don't know why, but the, the issues with the cards seem to go a 
lot. It was a card. Yeah, Doke. 